What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 111 of Beef's Beef. Uh, this is this intro isn't going to be long like it normally is, but we can't have an episode without letting you guys know who sponsors the podcast. Obviously, our podcast is sponsored by Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage. Uh, Crystal is a good friend of mine. I actually got to hang out with, with her and Trey Saturday. Had a good time, but... If you need a home, uh, if you need a home loan, or if you need to refinance, definitely hit up Crystal. Uh, Crystal, you can hit her up at 502-615-0743 or online at centurymortgage.com backslash C Lackey. That's capital C, capital L, A C K E Y. Or, like I said, call her at 502-615-0743. Century Mortgage is an equal housing lender, MNLS number 3925, Crystal Lackey, MNLS number 1735979. Now, tonight's episode is a special episode. Like I said, it is episode number 111. Uh, we have one of our good friends on. Um, sorry, BJ's not in this intro. I don't think really that many of you are that upset. Uh, just kidding, BJ. But uh, we have one of our great friends on, uh, does a great interview with us. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, but without further ado, we want to welcome our buddy, Tony Hicks. All right. What's up, Tony? How's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are y'all? How are y'all doing? Pretty good. I love the pause there for dramatic effect. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Ain't no problem. Again. Man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my buddy's going to be mad because you're going to tie him now for most appearances on the podcast. Well, they got to keep coming back. Yeah, exactly. So do you. So we got to keep this rivalry going. <laughs> is it a rivalry? I don't even know this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> good question. Good question. So uh, recently, man, I heard you on um, Middays with Marcus Maven. Yeah. Actually, twice. Yeah. You were on there the week before I was on there, and then you were on there again last week, right? Yeah. Last week I went into the studio. So how was how did that relationship kind of come about? It's really crazy. Um, just a uh, someone that I went know from Penn. She's like an alumni friend. She kind of helps guys out on the basketball team, all sports really, with just internships and things like that in the summer. But she still stays connected with us after we leave. And she was just talking to a friend of hers at the gym one day about me and my situation. And then yeah. she mentioned Louisville, and the lady just stopped her immediately and was like, wait, is he still around there? And she told, him, she told her, yeah. And this lady had um, went to high school with Marcus Maven. So she hit him oh, nice. up right away, and he, he gave her her number. And it's just like that. Nice. So, I mean, while you were there, they – actually, the first time, mm -hmm. they asked you a few questions that kind of intrigued me. Yeah. And then they asked you some – he asked you some more because you were in there by yourself. Right? Uh, the, the well, the, first, time, the first time was over the phone. phone. Yeah. Um, and the second time was in the studio. But I can tell after the first one that they were for sure trying to – they were poking to see as much as they could get. Yeah. And much. I was like – I remember as soon as I saw that you were on there the second time, and I listened to it, I texted you immediately. I was like, "Bro, I got to get you back on because I got to dig deeper in those questions that he was asking you." Yeah, it's fine. So for sure. And you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." So let's go back because we talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Let's go back though when when you were dead set on Oregon, mm -hmm. and then you get a call from who was? Uh, uh, well, I got a call from Damian first, um, then my high school coach, then Kenny, Coach okay. Kenny Johnson. So what what game did you visit for? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. Hey, we just beat Wake Forest. Yeah, that's right. Did you? You were you were down at uh, was the 
Harvest Homecoming, so you didn't really get to watch that game, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't get to see it, but it was like really high scoring, right? Yeah, like, that's because I was supposed to come hang out with you, and the game didn't end until eleven forty-five. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll probably just come down after it's. I was like, I'm. I don't even think they were playing it where I was at, actually. Yeah, and you were like, oh, they'll probably be playing it. Yeah, it's like I, I don't, I can't take the chance. <laughs> you weren't down there fighting those high schoolers, were you? No, nah, but when I was pulling up, I, I was driving past as the kid was getting arrested. Oh, he was man. like, don't worry, homie, I ain't going nowhere. Like, yeah. You can hear him out the window, all that. He was saying it to his buddies? Yeah, as he's, as he's like getting handcuffed. So that was handcuffed. true? The, the high schooler big fight down there in the rides was true? Yeah, well, I don't know what exactly happened, but as I was driving past, like he was getting arrested. Yeah, Nice. It yeah. happens every year, to be honest. <laughs> and then every year they bring out some big story. But Well, I mean, yeah. look at the fair this year. They had, yeah. The kids throwing firecrackers and then everyone thinking it was a gun. That's a and little the, bit different. And then they were like, oh, At, wait, uh, no, it was a gun. You had to look, yeah, State yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. So you came in for, for Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. And what what happened during that visit? That kind of, So first off, does that was that considered, or when you're a JUCO player or a player just transferring like you were, a grad transfer, I guess. Do you get official visits? Do you get only an unofficial visits? Yeah, so when I'm transferring, I got five official visits, just like if I was coming out of high school again. Okay. Um, so So was that considered an official? Or no, that it? was unofficial. Um, I just drove. I was in Chicago at the time on winter break, and so I just drove down with a friend, and we had tickets and stuff. But it was crazy because, like, as I was, like, walking in and walking out, like, people had already knew who I was, and, like, this was something like that, fans did. Yeah, like fans, and this was something that happened like the night before, and they were already <laughs> saying like, "Please come here," like you know what I mean. So yeah. it was it was really like, cool. That's that's nuts because I feel like I'm pretty in depth about that, but mm-hmm. like I don't remember you visiting. No offense to you, but like nice. <laughs> like at Louisville Live and stuff. Like I'll tell him who's gonna who who was gonna yeah. visit, and I know what all of them look like, but like. That one I felt like came out of nowhere because you knew the things changed really quick, obviously, which is what we're getting ready to talk about, but the things changed really fast after you visited. Yeah, for sure. I wasn't, um, like I said, I was just coming to see see the atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere, but, like, I don't know how fans knew that stuff. Like, everything was by the book. Like, I just drove down on my own, did all of that on my own, so it was really a cool experience. So what did you do during your visit here? Like, did you get to go in the locker room and stuff, or...? Um, yeah, I got to go in the locker room just for a bit, though, before the game. I literally just drove down for the game. So I came, um, stayed in the hotel the night before, um, then went to the game, obviously. And then as I was in the locker room, went up to the stands. After that, that was pretty much it. Like, I was ready to go home and stuff like that. Hopefully you didn't stay in the golf house with those bed bugs. No, nah, <laughs> I didn't stay in the golf house. I wasn't – was this was my first time in Louisville, so I actually stayed, like, out – Near like Zorn Road. Oh, okay. Uh, you stayed at the Ramada. Yeah, one of those hotels. We sent we send, uh, a lot of our guys there with my work. Okay. With the, the Elnapal in it. <sighs> there's like, a couple. There's a couple hotels right right around there. Yeah, that's the one that's right off the exit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know exactly the area you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, one of the questions that uh, Marcus asked was different about the team. Like, what was different about the team when you got here? And I wanted to ask on this. So when you came on that visit, you said you got to visit the locker room a little bit beforehand. Mm-hmm. But what changed about the coaching staff from when you got here, from when you did your visit, in particular with Coach Rotino? Like, if like what what kind of things were they telling you or talking to you about, even during the recruiting process, that kind of changed when you got here, well, if like, there was anything? Like my like my um, the visit, the Wake Forest visit was very like brief because it was an unofficial, so they kind of weren't really prepared. Like, when official visits happen, they're prepared. Like, 
everybody knows. Like, so I kind of just had a meeting with him. They kind of just tell, told me what type of player they thought I was, what type of mold they thought I could fit into the system, and things like that. But other than that, it was pretty. It was pretty basic. I kind of just came for the game. Uh, part of the reason why I ended up coming here had more to do about Oregon than it did. Because you said Oregon kind of blew you off. I'm not gonna say it blew me off, but it was very, very strange. Um, on a, on the drive back, they're telling they called me and just let me know that it wasn't really a good time for me to come. I was supposed to come on the Wednesday. It may have been like a Sunday. Uh, they were playing Cal, and this was like an ESPN game. They had Jalen Brown, Ivan Rab at the time, and so um, they canceled. I mean, I didn't feel it in any type of way, but the weather was kind of bad. It gets mild up there. They kind of yeah. shut down airports and stuff, so kind of just was eh, at the time. So. Yeah, I'm, you think just like some of the fans, you think maybe they caught wind of you going to Louisville? You think that maybe had a Oregon fans? No, I mean, do you think the Oregon staff? Because, I mean, if, if no. some of our fans, you don't, you don't think no, anything? No, they had no idea. That's they had no idea. Oregon had already, like, flown out to Chicago, saw me and my mom, things like had lunch with the staff and things that's, like that. Yeah, that's weird then that, that it just kind of turned. I like don't think that. that they, like, changed their mind or anything because once I committed, they still had – um, were contacting me like, you sure you want to do that? You, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen with the tournament and things like that. So yeah. I don't think that it was a decision that they made to not want me anymore. To so, be honest, too, I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking of that Oregon system. I think your game would have fit into that system pretty well, too. Yeah, they um, had Tyler Dorsey that year, um, Jordan Bell, and they started a freshman at point guard. Pritchard, right? Yeah, Peyton Pritchard. So they pretty much told me that it would be my spot. I, I think that would have been a fun team to watch. I mean, yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed – the last decade of those Oregon teams, even with uh, yeah. and they had Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were kind of low. I mean, yeah, Busher, even think back to uh, 2013 when Louisville won the title, they yeah. played Oregon in the tournament. I was at that game. So I, I mean, they went to the final four game. that year. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah, hindsight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 though, it is what it is. I'm just saying to me, thinking a system from playing with you, seeing how your game oh, is. Oh yeah, man, for sure. They press. They like to get up and down. They got athletic bigs. I definitely would have fit in right away. Yeah. Aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. So what what kind of role was given to you, or what was told to you when you got here? All right, this is going to be your role in the team. This is what you should expect. Um, well. On an unofficial and on the official, they kind of just told me that they felt that I could play both one and two, um, somewhat of just to throw a name like Terry Rozier did. Um, they felt that our games were somewhat similar, um, just to give me a comparison. Yeah. And looking at the roster, I just knew that there was minutes for me, basically. You know, I didn't come in thinking that I was going to start or that I needed to start to have an impact. Um, so. Yeah, because that was one of the interesting things that you said on the radio show is that mm -hmm. You knew coming in that you weren't going to start. And I'm not going to say that I knew that I wasn't going to start. Yeah. I knew I knew that I was going to play. Yeah. I knew that I would have an opportunity to play for sure. Starter minutes, six-man role, it doesn't matter. Right. To exactly. me, there's some people who flourish off the bench, and whether it matters if you're starting or not. I mean, you look at Lou Williams, and they asked him that same question. He was like, I never said I was a six-man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's the role that, that was given to me, mm -hmm. and I'm going to go out and I'm going to play the best I can. So whatever minutes you get, right. it don't matter if you're starting or not. I, I think your game is an aggressive style of game, and it could be a starter or it could come off the bench. That's yeah. not going to affect Because yeah, a lot anything. of people will get so hung up on, oh, I'm a starter. Right. Who's finishing the game, though? If you're yeah, finishing the game, really that's, that's, that's all that matters. Because yeah. if they want you in the game at crunch time, cool. If that, like, Because I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not anywhere on the level of either one of you two, especially you. But when I was in high school, I told my coach, I don't want to start. I would rather 
come the first man off the bench. So I'd rather watch the first couple of plays, see how the game is <laughs> yeah, played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is easier to, to do that. Get into the rhythm by that, and then I'll come in and, and do that, and I would finish the game. Mm-hmm. Like I, some people just flourish better like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, some people are soft. I know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, nah, so I, I mean, I felt like I I didn't have a like comparing Oregon. I felt like I probably would have had to do more at Oregon to like be noticed uh i didn't really know how good those guys were turns out they were very good yeah um but i just felt like there were minutes for me uh coach patino's the coach obviously we're gonna go to the tournament we're gonna be good and as long as i'm contributing like it'll be noticed you know well see what's crazy is i know that team went to the final four but just something that you just said is absolutely right it's harder to get noticed out there because of the time the time sets mm-hmm. that they're on because yeah. yeah. they're so they're three hours behind where most of the stuff that people or most of the places that people watch sports are yeah. especially college basketball yeah. college football is the king out on the west coast anyway if that is even a king but it's i mean it's three hours behind the eastern time zone right not a lot of people get to see those games for yeah. sure yeah i mean how often do you stay up and watch arizona versus arizona state Barely. Ever. Yeah, you don't do it. Yeah, unless it's like a super marquee game, you know. Yeah, really like a Gonzaga versus one of those big teams or something. Yeah. Like you just don't normally stay up unless you're a you know, like a third shifter or you know, something like that. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, you started the season against Evansville. You had actually one of the highest minutes wise. Ta- like you tallied some of the most minutes that you did in any game the whole season in that first game. Right. And uh, that was with eighteen. Was this what you had in mind kind of as your role as like an 18 to 20 minute guy? Yeah, for sure. Um, I felt really comfortable. Like for me, like my whole thing wasn't about um, like playing. It was just if you look at the game log, I felt like it was just really inconsistent. And so that was something that I had to adjust to because I didn't really know when I was going to play or not. Yeah, that was something that I looked at and it like – I knew that there was times where when you were here that you didn't get to play as much as even I thought you should have. And then I looked at it, and I was like, "It's kind of all over the place. He averaged 10 minutes a game the whole season. And you played 33 or 35 in the Florida State game. Right. Played 18 in this one. And you played 22 in the in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. So to average 10 minutes in a, in a, in a game, like that – the, the it's it's literally just like highs and lows yeah. and it's mostly lows. Yeah, but I mean it was just something that I had to adjust to on the fly, at a at a higher level. So it was definitely difficult, but I just took it on the chin and uh, just tried to get better every damn practice. That was really all I could control at yeah. the time. So when did you kind of notice that things were going to be different than maybe what you were told on your visitor, like even before the season? I mean I'm not gonna say like I was like lied to or anything like that because. They were like they knew that I was coming off not playing basketball for yeah. a year, so like they knew that those things. They would tell the team like Tony's coming along; it's gonna take him some time. Things like that in front of everybody. So I was comfortable. Everyone knew that it was gonna take some time for me to adjust and things like that. But I mean, I can't tell you an exact time, yeah. um, but it just was what it was. I probably realized it once, uh, like once. Right before ACC play, yeah. maybe right around the time we play Indiana, kind of. Okay. Around that time, I started to feel like, mm, well, I'm not really – that, that was really the time where I realized, like, I just got to lock in and practice because I got to be ready whether I play or not, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if I don't play well, then I'm going to give him reason to not play me. So, you know what I mean? Just take practice serious as I can and just be ready. Yeah, so, I mean, it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to play hard in practice because – 
if he doesn't play me, then I'm going to know it's not me. Right. Exactly. It, it, I mean, and then at the end of the day, there's a bigger picture, you yeah. know, so. To me, it does prep you, too, because we mentioned you look at a lot of guys in professional ball. Exactly. And if you have a elongated career, you're not going to sit there and play 40 minutes a game or 30 minutes a game or whatever it right, is. your whole career. Yeah, so to maximize those minutes whenever you're coming in. And even with what Beef mentioned earlier, like coming in off the bench and getting in the flow of the game, like those guys already have a sweat lather. They're already in a rhythm. You can't come in and take three possessions to go ahead and get in the rhythm of the game. Right. You've got to be on, on that go. first time they hit you. On go. Yeah, you got to be able to put the ball in the bucket or whatever defend. it is. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's a tough role to have. And even, too, that's a different level of basketball. Man, ACC basketball is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And um, you stack up against that competition. But that to be ready and thrown to the fire like that, that's not an easy, not an easy job to fill right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is what it is. I, I just had to adjust. That's kind of the game of basketball anyways. Yeah. But this was more of a mental adjustment for sure. Yeah. So did you have meetings and stuff with the coaches that, to either, A, voice your concerns, or did they call you in for meetings and say, hey, like, hey, this is what we're kind of thinking? Yeah, I had meetings with all of the coaches. Uh, <laughs> I see you kind of smiling at yeah, me. Yeah, many times I had meetings with all of the coaches. Uh, uh, I mean, the one of the coaches that I was just really, really close with was Wayne Turner, who was kind of one of the uh, last guys. That dude, I don't know if you know this, but that dude could ball. Yeah, he played on the, <laughs> on the 96 team. Yes. For sure. And he's gonna he's called me crazy before for saying this, and I'm a huge Louisville fan. You know this. That's the best team to ever play college basketball. That's what I've been – that's what I heard. That and team was so we've good. Wa- I've sat, he had us sit down and watch some of their games, and it was kind of unbelievable. They, they were – they would just, <laughs> like – they would just overwhelm teams, yeah. and they beat the two teams that beat them. The, because UMass, the LSU, and it was, was it LSU? It was, uh, no, it was, uh, it was uh, UMass early in the season, which with Calipari and uh, Marcus Camby. Okay. And then they beat, or they lost to Mississippi State in the SEC championship game. Okay. They had a dude named Dante Jones that uh, hit a couple key free throws at the end of the game. Why I remember this, I have no idea. But that team, I guess, that, like that team was just so good. Yeah. For sure. They had a lot of pros on their team. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a cool dude, too. Funny story. When I was a little kid, I don't know if you remember Damon's. Damon's used to have all the TVs up against the wall. Okay. We went in there one day, and Wayne Turner and Scott Patchen are in there watching, uh, I don't know if it was WWF at the time or whatever <laughs> it was. So we went up to him, and I'm a little kid talking to him. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He gave me an autograph and everything. Like, they had an autograph signing that day. Mm-hmm. He had pictures, and they were charging money for, like, right. Not the autograph, but to take a picture with him and everything. He just gave me one for free. Like, still to this day, I'm, I'm not a U.K. fan personally. And uh, I still have that framed and in my house. Yeah. Nice dude, too. Good dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he was he kind of was one of the main ones that was like, don't worry. Like, in game, there's going to be games where he's going to have to play you. Like, it, it is just what it is. Um, they're going to have really good guards out there. He's going to have to play you. And... That kind of showed, like, it kind of, that's kind of how I felt that the the season went. Like, if you look at the game log, I felt like in games where we were either losing or guys weren't playing well or other guys may have just been a lot better, he played me. I felt like I was played when I was needed to play. And that's kind of what he was telling me, so just stay ready. And that was just kind of the mindset that I tried to take. Well, it's funny because I remember the first time we met was like, it was almost like three years ago now. At the Harvest Homecoming. Okay. Well, we were just talking about, and I was talking to you, and I was like, you know, I've heard that you were a really good on-ball defender, and you started laughing. You were like, that's what everyone keeps telling me, but, like, I've never really been known for defense. (laughs) Not at all. 
It was like I came here and everyone's just like, "Yeah, you're a really good defender." Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was it was uh, so funny. Like, I was like, "Really?" I don't know to be honest. I mean, I just knew that coming in, like Coach P's teams that were really good. They had really good on-ball defenders at the guard spot. Yeah. So that's just something that I tried to. That's all effort. So yeah. that was just something that I tried to focus on. Um, something I felt that we kind of needed at the time. So. Yeah. That is all effort, but there's some intangibles. We were talking about this the other day, but you have, what, a 6'8 wingspan? Yeah. So think about it. Not everybody is blessed Marcus with Marcus didn't really believe me when I said he had did his research on the first episode, yeah. and he believed yeah. me. <laughs> no, we talked about it the other day, and he goes, well, you know this. I said, yeah, I could tell right away because I remember the one dunk that was going baseline that was attempted over three people that I could see the wingspan. Uh, oh, yeah, in an open gym. Yeah, pretty yeah. well from there. And then even the size of the hands. But to me, if somebody's going to put the ball out in front of you with the length of your fingers and the size of your wingspan, um, that's automatically going to help you. But like you said, the heart involved with it. So intangibles mixed with heart, that's going to be a good mesh. And yeah. so that's probably where people were saying good on-ball defender. Yeah. Um, but to me – I had showed that in practice, though, also. So, I mean, that it wasn't like they were just pulling it out of thin air. I had definitely had showed that that I was able to play defense in practice. Yeah, I can see even, too, from – obviously, we watched Q's game, and if you were guarding Q, you know, no offense to him or anybody else, but to me, I feel like that's a tough matchup for him because uh, – if you're on help side, he might get a couple of open shots. But as far as him, and, and he's not a, he wasn't a very offensive minded as far as um, dribble drive to the bucket. Mm-hmm. But that's not an easy matchup. For I, him. I don't know. Yeah, he did. Just, he did kind of abuse Bam Adebayo. Yeah, he did. He just <laughs> yeah. plays angles. He Q, Q knows how to play his angle. He's one of those guys yeah. that is not very athletic, so he knows how to change speeds, yeah. play angles, and stuff like that for sure. His he had a good game in the uh, run league. Last game I watched him in the run league, but it's it's he gets open shots, and mm-hmm. like you said, he makes the right play. Mm-hmm. He wasn't turning the ball over, and obviously the run league is not ACC talent level <laughs> basketball. you got to get into that next next year, though, when you come league. back. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, fun there, to There's watch. some good talent in it. Is yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's played at Old Mail where Griff used, Griff used to play. It's a cool – it's a cool uh, gym, okay. at least. Ray it's... played in it this year. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, Ray was in there a couple of games, and uh, Q was in there a couple of Bahannon, games. Bahannon played, Bahannon Bahannon played yeah, a couple of games. I, yeah. I think I saw Shane playing. Yeah. Shane is thick. <laughs> Shane is, boy. Yeah, uh, his calves are like tree trunks. His <laughs> whole body is. <laughs> man, I would not want to run into him. Like, nah. get out of the way. If you're going to take a charge on anybody in the gym, do not take he a charge. He might be the closest thing to Zion, right? Yeah. Like, size-wise. I think he's thicker, for real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's slimmed up since he's been at Louisville, in my opinion. Like, when I saw him at the run league, he's slimmed up since he's been at, since he I left Louisville. I don't think so. I promise I you. Because I saw that dude in person back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is slimmer now than when he was at Louisville. Like, because he, he lost, no offense to him, he lost some of the muscle that he gained from when he was having someone work him out all the time. Right. Now he's probably working a job and he plays in this league. He looked like he was still in decent shape as far oh, yeah. as muscle. Cardio-wise, he didn't look like he was in yeah, phenomenal he's still playing shape. Overseas, I mean, though. you think about when he was playing in that game against Michigan in the title game. Yeah. Just like how – he was huge, like yeah. size-wise. He is huge. That's what I'm saying. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just yeah. saying as far as density, that dude is a dense dude. Yeah. So when you uh, – you mentioned back in the day when you were at Louisville that C.J. McCollum was the best player you ever played against. But that was before you came to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Is that still the fact? Mm, I mean, I've played like – when I say played against, I mean like in an actual game, like yeah. a real game. Um, so probably I I would probably say so still. 
Um, I mean, but I'm from Chicago, so I play against like all the guy, pretty much all the guys that are in the NBA from Chicago. You know, besides like Derrick Rose, like Anthony Davis, I played pick up with him. Tyler Ulis, Jabari Parker, Kendrick Nunn, all of those guys. And that was Jabari Parker pre ACLs. Yeah. So that was. The Very real explosive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You, he doesn't look as explosive as he is. No. So who? So off of that, who was the best player you played when you played for Louisville? At the time? Like during the season? It, yeah, like right then, or you can even say now. I don't, like it's really hard to say because like nobody – like it's, it's hard for a guy to come in and just like kill us the way that we play defense under yeah. Coach P. But – uh, I mean, I I thought that De'Aaron Fox was very good. I respected him. Um, He's looking good for this upcoming season. Yeah. I, I told him when I was watching him for Team USA ball, I was like, man, he's going to be a key piece. And then he pulled out the last second. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed about that. Yeah. A lot of guys pulled That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But um, I would say he was very good. Justin Jackson was very good. Don't say that. Um, yeah, I yes, think he was that. good. Carolina's got a system, though. You don't need Carolina's love on He this developed in that him. system, too. Yeah. Justin Jackson, his first year there, was physically gifted, had, well, as far as size, length, mm-hmm. athleticism. Um, Muscular-wise was not, but mm-hmm. his game got a lot better. That floater, that floater was underrated, yeah. too. Luke Kennard was very good. I did not think Jason Tatum would be the the what what he is now because he was playing like the four. Yeah. That's kind of how it is at Duke with guys. I knew that he was going to be a two at the in the in the league, but I didn't know what all he had in his bag so because he didn't really get I to show it. I don't know if it. you were with me, but I watched Luke Kennard play in high school at Fairdale. Actually, mm-hmm. he played in a uh, tournament against uh, the guy I was just talking about, Richard. And he he coached at Taylor County then with uh, I don't know if you know Quentin Gooden is at Xavier, and then there's a kid that's going to. Kansas State this year, uh, David Sloan. We had him on the podcast earlier this year. Okay. And they both played for Taylor County. And I watched him play, and I was like, he's definitely a Duke guy. Like, he oh, can, yeah, yeah, he can sure. play, and he cries about everything. <laughs> like, oh, he, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like, literally every piece of contact, it was, oh, my gosh. And then he would move his hair over. <laughs> it was, I was like, dude. I, like, no one even had to tell me which guy on the court he was. Like, I could tell. And warm-ups, because yeah. he was just, like, shooting, and then he would just move his hair. Yeah, he's got really good size. Probably yeah. 3,000 points in high school. Oh, he was good. I won't take that away from yeah. him. He was really, really good. Yeah, he's got, like, more than LeBron, right? In the state of Ohio, I think so. I think yeah. he Diebler, broke LeBron's record. I think had the record at one point, too, I'm pretty sure. Ohio. I'm pretty sure he's he right. I'm pretty it. sure yeah. he broke all the records, I think Luke Kennard broke all of them. That's a lot of points right there, too. Yeah. But last time you were on the episode, we talked about your favorite shoes of all time, and you mentioned the uh, Giuseppe Zanotti's, which blew my mind. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I listened to the podcast the other day, and you could even hear me pause on there and be like, <laughs> "What, Giuseppe <laughs> Zanotti's? Yeah, out of all the options you had. So we want to see if you're still on the same wave, if you've had a change of heart, or if there's anything that's catching your radar that's maybe modern shoes, too. What do you mean, modern shoes? Yeah, modern meaning like the recent, like even you know, just the models like that shoes just that came have out. just dropped. Yeah, the, mm. the LeBron Seventeens were the ones that kind of, you know, struck my intrigue. Obviously, they've got a million retros that have came out. But was there anything on your radar? Is Giuseppe Zanotti still kind of an all-encompassing shoe question for all the shoe gurus out there? Yeah, I th- I still think that. There's a certain pair that I want, though. So so you yeah. haven't got them yet? No, I haven't got them yet. I remember last time after the podcast you showed me, and I, I could tell you were pretty intrigued by them <laughs> and uh, figuring yeah. out how you were going to get them. 
Oh, no, no, no. Not intrigued by how. But, like, uh, it's hard. Like, so, uh, designer shoes like that, you can't get them everywhere in the States. But, like, if you go over to Europe, they've got, like, huge department stores. Have you heard of Barney's before? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's, like, a U.S. department store. But over, like, overseas in Europe, they have, like, plenty of those. With, really? Yeah, with much more selection and things like that. So, so are they cheaper? Not Over there? Yeah, like, price-wise, not, uh, like, made-wise, obviously. Not, like, not a lot cheaper, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the uh, euro, I mean, the value of a dollar compared to a euro is different, too. So yeah. I'm sure there's some... Uh, I mean, like, th- so, like, stuff will be the same price, but... It doesn't really make a difference for me because I'm bringing my money back to America anyways. Yeah. So I'm still like basically being charged as American. Yeah. Unfortunately. So you talked about those LeBron Seventeens. <laughs> I didn't know how I would really like them, and I saw the white ones in person. Have you seen those? Yeah. Have you seen them in nah, person? I'm not a huge LeBron sh- yeah, shoe I, guy. Besides his old, newer, older ones. I mean, his newer ones are just kind of like for me they're like more big man shoes. I can't like are, I can't wear them. Clunky, I can't sure. wear them because I do too much cutting and stuff. Yeah. And if I like. If I like cut too hard or roll my ankle, it'd probably break. Because I, I saw him and it, a kid was wearing them at GameStop, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Are those the Seventeens?" And the kid was like, "He was surprised that I knew what they were." And I, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." Then like I woke up at whatever time to get on Nike.com and make sure I got them. I was like, "I didn't even know they. I've never seen that color." Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, they just dropped like last week or something." And I was like, "Those are pretty dope." Actually. They did a pre-release of them, and I know a couple people who missed out on them. But to me, it's like what Tony said. That's a big man shoe. It's a heavy, bulky shoe. Yeah. I don't hate any of them, and I have tried to get one pair of each. But man, I'd never play in them. I love some of his older shoes, though. Yeah, like the first, first ones, the eight ones, like the South Beach ones. I'm sure you guys have seen oh, yeah. those before. Yeah. Yeah. Teal green. Yeah, and his shoes are definitely like what BJ said. His shoes are definitely not shoes I would play in. Right. Because. They're, not only are they b- b- like they're so heavy. Yeah. No, there's not no, to LeBron. Yeah. Sorry, Nike. No, I, LeBron's my favorite player ever, yeah. so I'm not. But like, I, I there's no the only shoes that I have that I would play any of his are the where the Soldier Sevens that I had the purple yeah. and green ones. Yeah, those I, are, I had some when I was uh in like middle school. Our whole team had them. The they were a pair of soldiers, but they had the strap over it like the midsole. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy story too. When we were in uh, what was it a dunk contest or. Three point shootout. It was both of them. The um, the uh, Derby Festival Classic one. They had it okay. over at New Albany High School. Okay. And uh, Russ Smith was a really nice gym. C- celebrity. It's, it's not a bad gym at all. Yeah. And that's one of the two gyms they have in there. Now yeah. the other gym is not as nice, but still. Um, but Russ Smith was a celebrity judge on there, and so we were sitting. Me and Beef went and watched it. And we're sitting there watching. I was wearing some uh, LeBron threes, and they were the white and wheat colorway. Yeah, those are fire. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm still disappointed with this story. But more of the story, some some dude came up to me and was just like, man. And not everybody knows what they are, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at this point, they were probably on the LeBron 12 the, the, or 13. Yeah, this was probably around, like, right when those uh, the greenish gold 12s were coming out. So, okay. like, right when his shoe game was really kind of like picking up to everybody not right. just like to the people that really knew right and so this guy comes up to me he's like man those are russ's favorite shoe and i'm like you know that's cool man who's russ you know what i'm saying like he yeah. didn't say nothing he was just like those are russ's favorite shoes he's like russ smith bro and i'm like oh that's pretty cool so he's like he's gonna have to talk to you after the game i'm like 
I don't know what that means. Like, I don't, right. I don't know what you're trying to say. Right. Is he going to try to buy him off my feet or what? Yeah. I mean, does he know <laughs> what size? So anyways, so I ended up talking to Russ and was just talking to him out front. And I was like, what size do you wear? And he was like, 12, 12 and a half. And I was like, bro, if you want these, I'm just going to take them off my feet. So anyways, I ended up taking them off my feet, walking out of there barefoot and just gave them to he, Russ. Dude, if you'd have seen the look that I gave him when I was like, Bro, he just drove up here in a Ferrari. <laughs> like, he literally drove up there in a Ferrari because I'm waiting for him, and I'm on the phone. And I was like, who is this pulling up in a Ferrari? And I was like, oh, it's Russ Smith. And he, like, walks right past me into the gym. And then he goes, who's that barefoot walking down the street? <laughs> and I was like, did you really just give those to him? Yeah. He goes, yeah, maybe he'll help me out in the future. BJ's never seen him again. No, but it wasn't even like that, man. It's just like for the love of the shoes. I was like, dude, you could have got money for those. Like he was, yeah. he Russ was like, even if you had them now and you sold them, you get. Yeah, but to me, it was the fact that n- not everybody would have even known what they are. And then he specifically said those were his favorite shoes of all time, which yeah. to me is unique. You know what I'm saying? That's an odd shoe to say that's your favorite shoe of all time. It is, it is. And then for him not to have his favorite shoe of all time, it and is. then me to be a half size off of what he was, and then this was when he had just dropped, what, 67 or 71 points in, in the uh, G League, and then did it in China oh, after okay. that too. But to me, I was just like, bro, these these shoes would be better with you than they would be me anyway. So <laughs> probably they ended up in – who knows where? Well, no, he's you, got them still, probably. Didn't you, yeah, didn't you sure call me soft them. earlier? Yeah, I think we see who the soft one is in this. Yeah. You just I, gave your pair of shoes oh, to somebody. I've given a lot of <laughs> pairs of shoes away, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. But Unfortun- unfortunately. Yeah. And I still have a lot of pairs, so it, it's all good. It equals out then. But the other question we have for you, too, is we asked a couple of guests on here, uh, favorite pizza. So do you have a favorite pizza in the city? I know you don't get to eat it on an every night basis, but uh, what's your favorite pizza locally i don't really um no pizza yeah i don't really eat pizza locally here i'll eat pizza when i'm in chicago though that's, uh, a, that's i yeah. told him that i yeah, was like what i'm not gonna really, ask him this and yeah. he's gonna say chicago yeah i'm not really Chicago's getting pizza the, got, i'm not really buying pizza here i've had yeah. arnie's once and i didn't like Dude, it at all <laughs> i thank you because i live in southern indiana and so does he i grew up over here and over there because my parents separated and i'm so tired of the arnie's yeah. love Arnie's is garbage. I felt disrespected. It's so bad. It's I've never heard Arnie's love. I've only heard. Dude, ask anyone opposite. in Southern Indiana. It's the best pizza in the world. It's absolute cardboard yeah. with old pepperonis yeah, on top of it. I didn't it is like not it at good. All. They need to clean their grills. I Sorry, think Arnie's. The they just need to get new pizza or clothes. Yeah. Hey, if yeah. Arnie's does sponsor this podcast, we'll rescind everything we yeah. just said. Sorry, Arnie's. You still got lots of fans. Yeah, yeah you have lots, but me. it's not us, dude. Yeah, not us. <laughs> Arnie's is so bad. Yeah. But. Okay, so then you say that. What's the best Chicago pizza place? Because uh, I know what mine is. I like Barocco's. You okay. probably never heard of it. No, I haven't. Yeah. That sounds like a Mortal Kombat character. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> it's like a pretty much like Southwest Chicago. If you're from Southwest Chicago, you know, like Arnie. I mean, Barocco's. Oh, wow. so, Barocco's. Oh. <laughs> you saw that? I almost said Arnie's. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But is, it, is it the deep dish or is it? No, it's thin crust. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm more of a thin crust guy. I don't really like deep dish. I think I might have seen a, uh, it wasn't a Triple D, but it was something on TV that they might have It was on Facebook. Because I saw the same video where they were talking about how it's the most unknown pizza in Chicago, and it's thin crust. And old that's school why people... place, though. There's like some Luminati's. old lady. That's probably... Luminati's. Okay. Yeah, that's a good place, too. Okay. Very good. That's that... pro- Most people will probably say they like Luminati's. Yeah, I like Giordano's, man. Yeah, I mean, it's that's probably right. a chain. That's probably a chain plate out thing to you, though. Yeah, kind of. 
That's why yeah. I like asking the questions like this, so we can go. Yeah. When we go to Chicago, we can try the Barracos. Barracos. Yeah, yeah. It's fire. Now is Southwest Chicago a place that we can go to? Yeah, Southwest Chicago is definitely you can you'll be you'll be alright. So what part of Chicago should we not go to? You'll be alright. Uh, shit. <laughs> really like <laughs> like where they film Shameless at? Fourth of July. Nah, Fourth Shameless on. is like alright. Um, I would just say like any south. Like South Central, South East, West Side, West Side and South Side, I would just kind of stay away from. But South, like Southwest, is is more like. So people don't know Chicago is like the most segregated city in the country. That's what a really? lot of people don't realize that, yeah. but I've actually heard that. They yeah. actually said that is a fact. It, it is. is the most. No, it's seg- a fact. It's the yeah. most segregated city in the really? country. Yeah. So like Southwest Chicago is uh, very like Irish, um, Italian. So you'd be alright. Okay. That's how Philly is too. Philly has certain yeah, areas Philly's that you can walk into the city and you're mm-hmm. like, or the area and you're like, all right, you can tell. Yeah. But but also some of the Italian areas, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there on occasion <laughs> either. In Philly? Yeah. 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 There's some areas you just don't want to, you know. I didn't really do too much uh, browsing around in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of stayed where I was at. <laughs> yeah. So I was born in Allentown originally. So okay. I, I know the area. And uh, we have some buddies who do trade shows and live out there. And, yeah, there, there's some areas out there that are uh, fun areas, so to speak. Yeah. Did you like Philly when you were up there, though? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, at the time, actually, it was, you know, you know, like when you're out of place, you know, ah. but then like, as I left and it just grew older, I got nothing but love for Philadelphia. So much respect for it. Food it's there great to me city. is decent. Yeah, the food's like, pretty good. Like the um, – the seafood out there is underrated. A lot of, like, when we first moved out here, we tried to get fresh clams and stuff like that. Mm. You can't get them anywhere. So I, I know. Yeah, sh- not, not here. No. Yeah. And Chicago's the same way where they've got specialty dishes that you're just used to. Philly has all different types of ethnic food, and man, yeah. it's underrated. They on do. The food scene. Philly's actually really a uh, culture yeah. city. I love Philly. Very artsy. So let's, let's get back to the, to the other question. So when, when it was what, right before the, Florida State game, Q goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, before Clemson game, it was okay. So it was before the Clemson game. Q goes down. So when he was when he went down, were you expecting? Okay, this is the time I'm going to start. Yeah, because you didn't start in the Clemson game. No. Yeah, and actually, you didn't start in the Florida State game either. No. Yeah, so that was your, kind of your thought, <laughs> like, okay, he goes down. I'm the guy that normally comes off the bench and replaces him. This is when I'm going to start. Right. But from a coaching perspective, too, we talked about this. Like, as a coach throughout the season, you're trying to set your – not your minutes, but your rotations. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling as if a person has a skill set of coming in and being that spark plug that we mentioned earlier, starting isn't always a bad thing, but it's not the best option, too. What what was the starting rotation? I don't remember. It was Q, Donovan. But I'm saying when D. Q went down. Uh, he moved Donovan over and moved Dinga down to the starting line. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember VJ. you mentioned. Or, oh, VJ. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about VJ. That was VJ's freshman year. Would she mm-hmm. Donovan yeah. playing some point this year for Team USA? Mm-hmm. I mentioned him. I thought that was going to be a decent thing. No offense to Donovan. I think Donovan's one of the most underrated players in the NBA still at being what he is. But point guard wise, he he was struggling with turnovers a little bit. Uh, I mean, well, he's a completely different player now than he than he was when he was here at U of L. True. Um, so. I pretty much knew I was going to be playing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that was because yeah. I mean, because you you think back to then, Donovan, even though he is totally different now, he still had that scores mentality. He didn't have the yeah. He let's get a, everyone involved yeah. mentality. I know, and I would I would say pretty much in no way he was 
point guard minded when he was here at U of L. Yeah. And so explain the explain the feeling you had during that Florida State game because despite the loss you showed, there was like because I had I had seen or you know I was cheering for you more because I felt like hey I gotta. Got some more skin in the game because I actually know him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Tony needs to play. And then you would see sparks in games, and it's like, why is he not playing? That's like exactly what we're missing. So explain the feeling you had in that Florida State game when you actually got to play, and you were like, all right, cool. This is when you gave me a chance. I actually showed up. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of what it was. Like I kind of was. Uh, I mean, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder because I didn't start against Clemson. Uh, and we I lost that well. game, right? No, we won. I played well. We won, but we lost the one on the road to Clemson. No, we didn't play at Clemson. Maybe that was the next year, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think it was. But uh, going into Florida State, I ha- I remember I had a really good week of practice. Um, I knew I was gonna play well, yeah. pretty much. I knew I was gonna be needed to play. They were very long, very. Uh, they kind of played a little dummy defense. Like, they would just, like, overplay everything. So, you really didn't have to run plays against them. Like, if you could get past your man, you'd have a layup. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Florida State reminds me a lot of a Louisville area team, Central. Like, they're very, very athletic. They're very long. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they're – the, the dummy, they gamble on everything. Yeah, they just completely overplayed everything. Like, they just wouldn't, like, the point guard bring the ball up, and they would just try to deny every pass. So, you can't really run too much offense, and if you could just go by your man, then you'd have a layup because the bigs are like, the bigs, if the, if you got your bigs on offense at yeah. the elbows, like, they're, like, fronting the bigs at the elbows, which is insane almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, that's, that's always kind of – with their coaches, I can't. My mind just went blank on their coach's name. Leonard Hamilton, uh, yeah, Leonard the Hamilton. best, the best looking seventy-two-year-old man on the face of the planet. <laughs> is like, he seventy-two? Yeah, wow. I just, wow. I just saw your face. That is yeah. pretty impressive. That's what I'm saying. Like the dude looks like he's in his forties. I'm gonna say something that y'all probably never heard before. Black don't crack. No, I've, I've definitely heard that, and he is the biggest <laughs> proven fact of that. Like yeah. the dude is seventy-two years old. Yeah. Look at it. he may even be old. I know he's at least seventy-two though. That's actually wild. Yeah, I think <laughs> like, you're making up. I'm not 72. making it up, dude. I will Google it right right That's here and show wild. you. Yeah, because yeah. he looks like he's in his forties. Just like the liger thing, you making up stuff. You all were like, dude is making this up, and then I showed you all that after the podcast, and your mind was blown. CGI is pretty good these days. I bet you all went home and like looked at more liger videos. Yeah. No, I just brought up no, questions you had to for get the off next the, one. You, no, Tony had to get off the or out of the doghouse because I recorded 20 minutes of that podcast without yeah. the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there is a getting out of the doghouse after that. <laughs> I see that you didn't bring her this time so that I couldn't mess it up again. Yeah, because yeah, he has to pick her like, up. I'm not huh? coming this time. Yeah. No, like, dog, that fat guy that looks like the guy from The Hangover can't mess it up this time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, don't be trying to give yourself compliments oh over there. God, dude, I, I was in a buddy's wedding, man, and he had buddies I'd never met. Yeah. And they kept calling me Alan, and I couldn't figure it out for the longest time while they were doing it. And, and I was like, why? Like, for like the first hour that I met him, they just kept calling me Alan. I was like, why are y'all calling me Alan? Like, cause you look like the dude from The Hangover. You're funny and you're fat. You got a beard, and I was like, "All right, man, that's uh, cool. Like, one man wolf that's pack. cool. I guess yeah. I'll allow it." Yeah, one man wolf pack. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, at least they said I was funny. That was the best part yeah. of it. And that's how they let off too. Like, well, you're funny, and then they laid in on the other end. Yeah. No, they said <laughs> the other parts, and then they reeled me back in with the funny part. Yeah, like, you're fat, and you got a beard, and you're yeah, funny. Bunch of funny so it, it's, yeah. it works. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, after your after your performance against Florida State, you're finally mm-hmm. rewarded with a start. And yeah. Fan- kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah, fantastic, man. You start playing against Pittsburgh and you break your hand. Yeah, it's unfortunate. In yeah. the first half. Yeah, see, that was that was something that blew my mind because you played in the second half. Yeah, I had no idea you broke your hand in the first half. Well, if you like, if you like, go back and watch. I was like doing everything with my left hand, like literally passing with my left hand. Only took shots with my left hand. So did they know something was wrong with you during the game? Like, could uh, they could they tell? Yeah, uh, I remember one time Coach P said something. He came to the bench, or I was sitting on the bench. He came up to me. I guess I had made a mistake or whatever. He said, "I don't, I don't care. I don't give a f if your hand's broken. Like, do whatever I said to do." So like they knew, they knew that it was hurt, but I wasn't gonna pass it up, pass up the opportunity, so, you know. Man, that's kind of like irony, isn't it? I don't yeah. care if your hand's broken. You yeah. still do what I tell you to do. Yeah. So you were uh, at first like. How did it feel when you finally got rewarded with a start? Was it kind of, at that point, was it like, finally, was it, okay, yeah, you're starting me because I just had a good game, or was it? I no, I wasn't, like, bitter at all. Uh, I mean, I just expected it. I had a really good game. He literally texted me on the bus, like, leaving Florida State. Like, yeah, you you playing really well. You play really well. He didn't tell me I was going to start, but he doesn't do that with anyone. So, But I, yeah. I knew that it was coming. Uh, and... I mean, it was just I was just locked in. Like it was yeah. just kind of the opportunity that I, I needed to be ready for, you know. So it wasn't I wasn't like bitter or ho- holding it like a chip on my shoulder. I was yeah. just trying to take advantage of what I what was in front of me. Well, is the it, thing we're missing too is I think this is all about the love of the game. You right. know what I mean? You go through those ebbs and flows of playing, but the thing that brings you back in is the love of the game. So your passion is what's going to draw you no matter what's going on. I I wish it would have been a better situation, obviously, but for you to keep working, that made you a better person come out of it. For sure. Yeah, completely different person. Uh, I would even say, like, still learning through it, you know, because it currently has an effect on my life, you know, where I am right now, for sure. So other than that, like, explain – it's like, all right, cool. I'm finally here. I'm starting. Mm-hmm. Even even though you knew, all right, Q's going to be back at some point. He's probably going to get the starting position back. But I'm gaining minutes right here right. by playing. Just getting this. comfortable. And then to have all that kind of come crumbling down because you broke your hand. Like, what was your feeling like once you got to the locker room after? Or because they took you out what halfway through the second half or something like that. Yeah, but that's just because we were up by so much. It was like the best game that we had all year. Honestly, in terms of, like, the whole team efficiency, I was definitely our Wait, best was game. that the one that was, like, the ACC record for the Yeah, feet? yeah. Oh, man, I forgot. It was, like, our game. best game. And I had, like, the highest plus minus of, like, someone in a long time. That, yeah, in that game. So when did you find out that your hand was for sure broken? The next morning. And, like, were they like, all right, you're out for this long, or was it just, like? Broke down. The first doctor said I was done for the season. Oh, oh man. surgery! Oh man! So broke down, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so we went to uh, another doctor, hand specialist. Uh, I don't know their name. Cuts and something. There's some doctors here who are like top hand specialists in the U.S. Yeah. And here in Louisville, so uh, went to them. They were like, "No, nah, you'll be all right. We just put like a little soft cast on it. It was a spiral fracture, um, and you'd probably be back in like four to six weeks." Hmm. I see. You were you were actually out. Almost exactly a month. Yeah. And you came back against this guy's favorite team, UNC. That's your favorite team? That's why I said we don't need any UNC love on here because this dude gives enough of it on. No, the Dean Dome is 
very beautiful. It was probably it was probably my favorite arena that we played. That's what I was about to ask you. What, what was the atmosphere there? Um, it was crazy. Florida State was very crazy also because that was like a Saturday game. ESPN. We were both mm. like top five, I think. I think we may have been five. They were like three or something like that. So that atmosphere was very very crazy. Uh, I mean UNC was was very was very very hype. They they definitely know what they're doing there in terms of student section, just everything. You know, those colors are very very nice to look at. Yeah, um, winning. <laughs> how'd that how'd that go this year in the Dean Dome? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a good. record loss for yeah, under. like a blowout, right? Yeah. Well, the other two games did. My boy D Sutton went off. Yes. No. Okay, and so off. <laughs> if I guess sound alert, just listen to what you were saying there, that sounds like that was probably your favorite arena to play in. Yeah, for sure. It was so very let's nice. throw that one out then. Other than UNC, because we just gave enough UNC love right there, we don't mm-hmm. need any more. What was the coolest arena you played in when you were at Louisville? Clemson's pretty decent, aren't they? We didn't play at Clemson. Oh yeah, you did say that. I hear good. And you things didn't play. About you didn't John. play at Duke either. No, because we didn't play at Duke until. Yeah, but Cameron's junky, to be honest. I Cameron's mean, no a, but Cameron's got the nostalgia. Cameron's like the palestra where I where I played at at Penn. They're like identical. The person who yeah. built the palestra designed Cameron. It's a high school nice. gym. I mean, no, yeah. no offense, but I mean, it only holds like nine thousand people. Yeah, same as the palestra. Same. Nice. So let's. All right, let's. So I, I gotta say, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah. Was it just like the? I mean, how big is Florida State? Because it's it's quite it's, big. It's one of those places, man, because they zoom in so much. Yeah. It's hard to really tell how big the place is. It's very is. big. Like, have you ever been to a game at Vanderbilt in Nashville? Yeah, I played at Vanderbilt when so, I was at Penn. So, that place is a lot smaller than what it looks like on TV. Yeah, but it's very awkward though. Yes, it's backwards. It's like it's like so, a Butler. It's like Hinkle almost. Yeah. So I went to a game there, and I was like, "All right, I'm expecting this place to be huge," mm-hmm. because when you watch it on TV, they have it so zoomed out, the place looks humongous. Yeah. I uh, no, it's not very big at all. No, but it's very weird because, yeah, like you said, like weird. that, and the coaches ben- are on the ends. Benches are on the baseline. Yeah. And then like their student section is even with the court. I remember that because they were, like, standing there and, like, had their arms on the court. Yeah. And I was like, this is pretty cool, but this is a lot different than what it looks like on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got to say Florida State. Florida State is very big. It's, like, at least 15,000. Yeah, at least. So, it was – and it was rocking in there. Yeah. Rocking. That place does always seem like they have good crowds. Yeah. Another place is Virginia Tech. It seems like they always have, like, raucous crowds, too. Yeah, Virginia Virginia has a nice gym also, but I, I – Seen Virginia. I've been to Virginia before. I played at U of L, so Virginia was nice though. But I didn't play against them. Travel wise, did you all go to these places a couple of days in advance? Did you stay here or what? You don't know how the team travels. No. I'm flying private, uh, just like it depends on where it is. Some places will f- fly uh, the night before, stay in a hotel. Some depends on where it is. Some places will fly the day of the game. Really? Yeah. Man, I'm just thinking from a player's perspective, like flying the day of the game, that's going to take a little bit out of you automatically. We would only do that if it was, like, really close. Yeah. And we we would – it's not like the whole going through the airport process because it's private, so. I just think, to me, there's something about that elevation. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not a doctor or anything. Yeah, for but, sure. But the change in elevation, I think, affects your legs. I, I would never do that if I was a coach. But that makes sense. I just wondered if you go there a day or two in advance – acclimate practice there but that makes sense to do it but that if we way. if we flew like the day of the game it would be close like notre dame yeah and we would fly like in the morning have shoot around yeah go to a hotel 
that yeah, arena stuff, is kind of underrated. Then, and then go back later that night. That arena is kind of underrated. I thought that arena was pretty nice. It's not like huge. It's or anything. not huge, but it's. it's it reminds nice. me of the lower level of the Yum Center. Is what it reminds me of, with like the niceness of it. At least from it's a very, fan's perspective, it is nice. It, it was a very nice arena for sure. Everybody but it was small. It was small though. Oh yeah, it's. It, I went there for the five overtime game the year they won the title. I drove up there, okay. and I was like, "Wow, this place is a lot nicer than I expected." Mm-hmm. But it's really, really small. Yeah, it was small. I, I don't know how many people. That, it holds, I, like but, it literally feels like the lower, like maybe ten, eleven thousand. Yeah. I got a funny story for you, though. So, you know, during that time, Manti Teo was at Notre Dame. Okay. So. Wait, one, not when I was there. No, that the, the, first, the game that I yeah, went to, the 2013 yeah. game. So, that was the year. That was Louisville's last loss of the season. Okay. The five overtime game. Like, three or four people fouled out. So, during that game, I couldn't get on the Jumbotron, and I had a sign that was the sign of all signs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And <laughs> so, my buddy is beside me, and I had him dressed up a certain way just for this sign right so we're sitting there it's like either late in the first half or early in the second half and my buddy goes dude i got it i know how i'll get on the screen he was like but you're gonna have to act fast as soon as i get up there i was like all right that's fine so they do this thing you've seen you've probably seen it there's a student section where they do the arm thing have you, did you see notre dame yeah yeah like the leprechaun yeah it's weird yeah little. but they do it in unison <laughs> right so my buddy stands up where we're sitting at and starts doing it. So the people flip it on him because he's so he's got a wife he's, he's got a wife beater on that's tucked in on the top and he's got a belly out and he's got these green pigtails with a Viking hat on. Right. So they're like, oh, let's get this guy on. So they flip it on and I was like, oh yes. I pick up my sign and it says, hey Manti, I found her and it was pointing towards him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good one because this was at the time of the catfish. This was situation. right after. Yeah. This was right after that all that stuff yeah. had come out. Guess who comes out at halftime? This wasn't the first half. Manti Teo and the football team comes oh. out in halftime. So. They're standing down the court, and you know how small that is. So, yeah, you're like, right there. I was yeah. behind Louisville's bench, like in the second level. Yeah, it's right there. Well, to get out of the arena, you have to walk through the stands. Dude, they walked right past me. And Manti Tail walked right past me. I was like, oh, God. But yeah, that's still one of the greatest days of my life because I got that sign. And all the Notre Dame fans around me were like, turned around, like gave me the dirtiest Angry, looks. Angry, for sure. One dude in front of me was like, man, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, thanks, man. I'm glad you you appreciated that. For sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the rest of the regular season, you didn't really, you didn't, you actually didn't top 11 minutes. Uh, that goes back to what when we were When I came about. back from my yeah, injury? Yeah, when you came back, you mm-hmm. didn't top 11 minutes the rest of the season. That was your highest amount. Was this because you were kind of, well, I mean, it's probably a dumb question because you hurt your hand. Was this because you were trying to work back into game shape, or, or was it just you had moved out of the rotation, or? Um, it probably was a little bit of everything. I don't really, I can't really remember on like, after because right after uh, UNC, we we probably only had a couple more games, and then we started conference play, right? The conference tournament, yeah. Yeah, so I, he probably was just it was probably just trying to work me back in. Yeah, that's probably what it was, and it was, it was getting serious around that time. It just to me, it seems like okay. I'm starting to gain these minutes. I know it's because of an injury, but the rest of the season, it just seems kind of hard for you to even get in any type of rhythm with the minutes. I mean, it was really like that until the Florida State game. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to get into a rhythm as a basketball player when you're getting played such fluctuating minutes. Yeah, for sure. 
I told him, though, too, think about from a coaching perspective. Like, you go that whole season, and your whole goal is to have your team peaking at the end. So this isn't defending Coach P at all, but he's trying to do that. And then players are getting injured in between, and then you think you have a rotation with the pieces that you have, but then you've got to add other pieces back in. Like, that's not good for the player who got hurt. That's not good for the coach. Injuries are one of the toughest things that happen, unfortunately, to all athletes. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate seeing anybody get injured anymore. Yeah, for sure. You know what it's going to do to them, and it affects their livelihood, making money now, too. yeah, for sure. But here's where I got to kind of rebut with that because yeah. back to that 2013 season, Gorgie Zhang went down with almost the same injury that you had. Yeah, but Gorgie's a big man, and yeah. Coach Pete loves Gorgie Zhang. Well, I mean, if I don't know how much you watched Gorgie play when he was here. Mm-hmm. Probably not very much because you were playing. Everyone in this area does. Like, the guy could play when yeah. he was here. And, like, to go from what he came in as, like, I remember his freshman year, and this is not an exaggeration, He's going. he goes to the free throw line. He shoots the ball and it hits above the square. <laughs> off That's the glass. Off the glass and it just bounces off. That's how bad he was when he first came out. I actually think I remember seeing that. <laughs> like, I don't, that's not a joke, man. Cause Sounds like it probably could have happened a couple he, times. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so no here's sense. the thing, man. When he came in, we were actually more excited about his teammate that actually never became eligible that a lot of people forget about. Who's that? Justin Coleman was his name. Never heard so of him. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't remember. He actually, they both went to school at Huntington. Okay. And played together. Justin Coleman was a four-star player. Okay. Gorgie was a high three-star, low four-star, depending on where you looked at. So, Gorgie, not to say he was a throw-in, but it was like, okay, cool, we got this project big man. Mm-hmm. And then Gorgie goes on to be a first-round pick his junior year. And it's like, to see it, just how it's just how much he worked, because Gorgie's never been – ever known as not being a person that works hard right and just to see kind of like his hard work go into that direction and now he's got a contract that's probably too big than what he should have but hey hey, get get him where he fit in yeah Yeah. (laughs) i ain't mad at him for it get your money and he was killing for a while in minnesota there like he had some big games it was probably a six month stretch him and peck uh pekovich i think yeah i remember that they were killing there for a while with him so yeah he, I mean, he earned it when he, because he, like you said, he killed for that six months. But it's like, man, now everybody's getting money. I mean, I, I saw today yeah. Jalen Brown was offered six years, eighty million. And four, he's, four years, eighty four, million. Yeah, four, and he was like, nah, I want more. Yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich just got fifty-one. I saw, years, I saw 51. the post you had about he's Buddy Hield. These yeah. players are worth that, though. Hey, I, I like, like Bogdan. I, I said that whole time. I think that Sacramento teams. I hate to toot his horn. I think that Sacramento team might be a sleeper team for the West this year. I agree. Sleeper team meaning like seven, eight seed, probably not winning a first round um, in the playoffs. But to make the playoffs in the West, yeah, they've got some nice pieces. Yeah. That De'Aaron Fox we mentioned earlier. You got Bogdan Bogdanovich, obviously Bagley. Yeah. When I watched Bagley playing high school, and Buddy Hield. Don't forget about Buddy Hield. No, yeah. don't forget about Buddy Hield. And. Uh, Bagley's got to be one of the best high school players I've ever seen in person. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had a uh, teammate when I was at Penn who was in Arizona, and he just was like, bro, this guy is the best player I've ever seen in my life. He was smooth. Yeah. He was like, he said that? Yeah. I'm trying to think who the best high school player I've watched play in person is. I'm telling you, though, when I watched Bagley – Bagley, Bagley had the whole package. Yeah, he was, but in high school, you know, he was like a guard. Yeah, Mine was probably Derrick Rose. I watched yeah. the – because I I'm, I don't care what anybody says, dude. The best McDonald's All-American game ever was played here. The 2017, if you go back and look at that, was full of superstars. Rose, 
uh, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, uh, James Harden. Mm. Uh, I mean, just full of superstars. And that was here? That was here. It was in Freedom Hall. Mm. It was before Louisville moved to the Yum Center. And that was actually my senior year. And I went to the to Freedom Hall and watched it. And, like, my girlfriend at the time was like, no, oh, this is cool. And I was like, you have no idea what you're seeing. Like, this is nuts. Yeah, right? Like, like you're not really understanding what we're watching right yeah, now. Right? Like, you don't realize. Like, even I at the time didn't realize that these players would go on to be what they were. Because, right. I mean, I think the number one, play, number one player in that class was Beasley. Beasley was in that game, too. Yeah, he was the number one player. Um I mean, Cole Aldrich, even some role-playing guys. And then some guys that just were old, like Taylor King that played at Duke. Yeah. Some guys that just played in college and did okay. Patrick Patterson was in that game. To me, the craziest thing about that is you and Manti Taylor had the same girlfriend and they could talk? I don't nah. understand that. Nah. That's what's confusing nah. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, so... <laughs> no, nah, so the, after, you know, after that was the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. First round, Louisville plays Jacksonville State, which... We both found he found out this year, but I found out then that that's not in Florida. Yeah. Really? No. I didn't know that wasn't Alabama. in Florida until Louisville until you all played them. Wow. I thought that was in Florida. I was like, oh, okay, too. cool. We're playing a team, huh? Me too. Small campus. Oh, so too. you didn't know that until just now? Just no, now. I just found knew. that out. Yeah. How would well, you, you play know? Because he played against them. I thought that they would talk I about it. Played against them in Indianapolis. That's yeah. true. I forgot about that. And <laughs> even if you do, you like he said, if you fly there and then all of a sudden you just show up, like unless you see state signs, I mean, you're not gonna. Wait, I forgot it wasn't a tournament. They played in Indy, so yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. in Alabama. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small yeah. campus. They're in OVC, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, because it's Murray State, Austin yeah. P. It's kind of funny that they're in Alabama and they're in the Ohio Valley. I'm not even yeah. positive they're in it, too, but their roster that they play is all OVC. So I think they're in it, but I don't want to misspeak on that. Yeah. Because well, I mean, they beat Murray State last year. They they were one of the few losses for Jaw. Mm. Did yeah. you get to go see that dude? No. We drove to EKU last year and watched him play. No, I've never really seen a point guard that, like, um, can like score obviously he averaged twenty five but like he's really pass first yeah you know like, he did whatever he wanted to man he's was, efficient too. now everything was set up for him tremendously oh. and yeah. his teammates made shots but he's pass first you don't see point guards who are truly pass first still average twenty five like it's an afterthought like he's getting twenty five in his sleep like not trying yeah. you know so. It's yeah. like you said, though. I, I agree. I'm not taking anything away from him, but that system was pretty much catered to him. Literally every possession, every shot that was hit, every pass that was made mm-hmm. was through him. Yeah. So like if the, something was going to happen, it was yeah. going to be – We compared it to a my player for NBA 2K. Like, uh, that's basically. What, that's literally yeah. what it was, a point, yes. or a point guard and my player. Because yeah. literally every play went through him. He averaged a lot of turnovers, but – it's because he literally yeah, had, he the, had ball. the ball every play, and he yeah. never came out of the game. And to me, I think that was the right move on their coach. Yeah, like, yeah of course. You got a player like that, that's of a once-in-a-life. At Murray State, you're never going to get another yeah, job again. Yeah, of course. Again. But, no. like, if they, if like they're, I think there are quite a few high major players that if they played at Murray State could have done the same thing. Oh, you know? yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But the thing about Jaw that I, I love, too, was – Ja has a little bit of similarity with you where it's both hands. Like he's yeah, he's, he's throwing Oh my gosh. He's he's throwing lobs left handed off the bounce on the money. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed with his game as far as how well rounded it was, but that probably stood out the most to yeah. me. He and the thing that stood out to me the most was because you can watch it on TV, but to see someone that's so athletic in person, it, his bounce was unbelievable for his size. Yeah. 
He's wiry. It's it's quick. It, yeah, quick it's, second jump too. That's the thing that you don't see very often on his highlights because you're seeing one jump. His second jump was pretty quick too. Yeah. And like I we I saw him at the very beginning of the season. It was after that first dunk that went off, mm-hmm. and I was like, I told him I was like, hey, we got to try to find a game to go to. And then I texted him and got a couple of buddies. I was like, hey, they're playing at EKU on a Saturday. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. I would if I was here. I would have tried to find. Oh yeah. To so, play also. we went down there. Tickets were cheap too. We yeah. like twenty five. 16 bucks, bucks I yeah. think it wasn't even that. Yeah. And that place is tiny. Yeah, but they got they've got a really good culture at Murray State even back when they had like a Cameron Payne and Isaiah Cannon. You could tell like that they're all having fun. They all really like each other. So there was no hating going on in their locker room for sure. Like no. they all were happy that y'all was doing really well. Yeah. For sure. Well, they were getting exposure because of it exactly. too. Exactly. So, Win-win for everybody exactly. and obviously the goal is always to win games, but they had some nice pieces. I I thought their big guy was going to be better than what he was. I remember I told them I thought he was going to be their second best player on their team. That was probably not true at all. <laughs> it was it was the guard Buchanan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hindsight being 2020, big time. But <laughs> but from watching, you know, their original games in the season, yeah. Big guy but that, I don't know, that big height. guy showed up real big in the tournament. When, who yeah. did they beat in the first round? They beat some like decent. Yeah. And five twelve matchup. Yeah, he played really well in that game. Because mm-hmm. they they didn't just they beat down Marquette that Yeah, day. for sure. And I caught that though. I saw I, I, watched, yeah, I, I was I, watching them I all it, season long. They had every, every bracket I picked yeah, Murray State too. Yeah. I was just like, Yep, I don't care that Marquette beat Louisville in their season, they're not beating Murray. This yeah. is this is gonna be the Josh show and there's not gonna be anybody on that team that can guard him. Mm-hmm. Because their point guard, who was really good, that came back this year, which Marcus Howard, yeah, he ain't gonna, he he's not stopping John Moran. No, he's too small. He's like five seven. Five, he's eight. gonna stop him by outscoring him. That's all he's gonna. Yeah, do. Yeah, that's he, all he can try to do. Yeah, but John Moran plays defense also. Yeah. So, so you all you all beat Jacksonville State mm-hmm. from Alabama. Yeah, I didn't really play much that game. Yeah. The team beat them because, yeah, like yeah. you said, you so that sets up a matchup with the rematch of the 2013 game against Michigan. Mm-hmm. So this Michigan team had been on fire, and yeah. I think he was one of the people that actually told me he was like, "Man, that's tough for you." Because they were in a plane crash, right? And they hadn't lost since. Yeah, yes, yeah. And he was like, "That's yeah, a tough matchup for you." I was like, "Nah, we'll be all right." Yeah, because we were playing pretty well at that point as well, and I was we like, were. "Yeah, I was like, because we were two seed." Yeah, Donovan was playing really well. Yeah, and I was like, "I think we can do it." And that game, to me, was one of the best games of the tournament. If you look, if you take a step back and not look at your team losing, you're like, "Man, that was a battle." It was. Like so, I said, I, j- I just watched it the other day, and, like, we were winning, like, a good part of that game. It was back and forth. It was real, real bad. Like yeah, you actually had an eight-point lead at halftime. Yeah. So, explain the the halftime mood. Well, I mean, first off, let's let's do it like this as a comparison. What is a normal halftime with Coach Patino, and then what is a, an eight-point lead in the tournament It just halftime? depends. It just depends, honestly, on how we're playing. It, he, he's not looking at the score. He's looking at us, like yeah. – he knows how, what we can do. So, we were up. Uh, I felt like we were doing good. Yeah. Uh, the only p- player that was really, really hurting us was Mo Wagner. Um, yeah, he killed us the whole game. Yeah, pretty much the whole game. Um, other than that, I mean, Derek Walton played all right. I felt like I played some pretty good defense on him. Kind of got him a little frustrated. But other than that, not, they didn't really have – they had Duncan Robinson, but he wasn't – Really doing a whole lot. They Can't had, create his own shot. Yeah, he's just catch and shoot guy for the most part. So yes. they were they, but and they both Beheim they run a um kind of like a point offense. So it kind of runs through the big man. Beeline, yeah, Beeline. I'm yeah, yeah. sorry. 
uh, catching the ball at the elbow, cuts and things like that, and then Derek Barnes is just coming too. off. Yeah, and then Derek Barnes just coming off pick and rolls. Yeah. So. So what was the what was the team morale at halftime? I mean, were you all like, all right, cool, let's just do another half of this, and we're gonna win? Yeah, or we were was, fine. Yeah. Yeah, it was no like worry or anything like that. Because this game was brought up by Rummage and Maven the first time that you called, and they called you. What was it they called you? They the biggest they, what if in yeah, mobile they, history. They started it off the the whole episode like that. That's yeah. how they introduced me. Yeah, they said the biggest what if in Louisville history. And I had no idea they were gonna do that. Curveball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like was it? Because I heard that and I was like, dang. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That's maybe no right? offense. To you. Like that's that's really high praise when you think of some of the guys that have come. That's like because I'll tell you, just some guys right offhand. Dwayne Morton. Was a McDonald's All American. Never really. Jason Osborne, which I don't know if you've heard that name. Mm-mm. Huge name in this area. Went to Mayo, was a McDonald's All American in the mid 90s and flunked off the I kicked off the team. Mm-hmm. And then you had early 2000s with Coach Patino. You had a guy named Carlos Hurt who played at Moore that was a McDonald's All American. Another, like, so. I was a parade All American. So No, I'm saying, like, I'm not saying that I disagree <laughs> with him because I do agree with him. I'm saying that you should take that with really high praise with some of the guys that they're saying that in front of. Yeah. I think their point is, though, that we never got to see what could have come. With some of those guys that you mentioned, you got to see some of it. and it, like, like Not even, really, because Carlos Hurt got kicked off at the end of the season. Yeah. So Carlos Hurt and him had the same. Jason Osborne was at the beginning of his second year. Like Think about like even a guy like VJ. We've seen what VJ could do. That was a McDonald's All-American. Yeah. And I like VJ coming in. I thought VJ was going to be a good piece. No yeah, offense t- to VJ. VJ's tell, a great tell player. Tell him what but. you said. Because you said that when you saw him in his freshman year that he was one of the most athletic players or something like that. No, I mean, I just thought that he had really, like, star potential. You know yeah. what I mean? For sure. Uh, like, I'm not going to, like – I okay, so this is just how – felt about Louisville and this is kind of how I still feel about it um yeah. with under coach P it wasn't really a wing school yeah it's not really a wing school I mean that you have to um, absolutely take that for a hundred percent because you look at Donovan Mitchell yeah look at Don- Donovan Mitchell was a tough like people were like where did this come from this guy didn't do this in college yeah but I'm, I really mean like but he was still he still had the ball I really mean like three men so like okay. Wayne Blackshear right. yeah uh Kevin Ware I guess you know just guys like that uh they like, do the dirty work. Yeah, the, like the, I feel like the threes kind of just do dirty work. But, I mean, that is what it is. Um, so, I'm not going to say that he made the wrong decision or anything because he only played under Coach P for one season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel, definitely feel like VJ still could be a star. He's still young. He's just got signed with the Knicks, so he'll yeah. get his opportunity. Did I he? hope he does. I didn't know he got signed with the yeah, Knicks. He's on yeah. the G League team. New York, baby. Westchester. Well, show I don't know. out, VJ. Yeah, I'd, I hope he does show out. But you know, he can, he can the tell Knicks you this. I'm one of the biggest. So he's gonna get his opportunity. I'm yeah. still. Right. I, the thing. entire time he was here, I was always one of the biggest VJ King defenders. Yeah. The entire Yo, time. I was just at the red and white game, and I was sitting b- behind whoever they was, and they were like, "Yeah, did you guys just hear that VJ King got signed with signed with the Knicks?" And like. What the hell are the Knicks thinking? He's the worst player I've ever – and I'm just looking like, are you guys serious? The, the one that, that really – this is when it really set it off for me, and it actually made me really mad. And I think it was just after I'd started my podcast, and I actually went off on an episode because this was when I was still doing it by myself. We went to Duke, and it was the game that Grayson Allen tripped Ray uh, Spalding. Mm-hmm. 
And VJ played in that game, and I think he didn't play very well, and a lot of people were bashing him. Yeah. And they said that he got so upset that, like, he was visibly crying to his parents. Yeah, I've heard, like, I heard that when I was overseas. Like, I heard that people, just from people that I know around here, that people were really, like, giving it to him, man. And it's like, I mean, it is what it is, but, like, you can't, it, okay, so, I'm going to, no, no offense to Louisville, but I'm just gonna be. Uh, I, that's what, that's what we bring you here. Right that's now. what we bring you here for. Here's me. the difference between UK and Louisville. Okay. Um, at Louisville, when a guy like misses, is known for missing free throws. Uh, at the Yum Center, the fans will go, oh, <laughs> after he misses. Yeah. That's like the worst thing you could do. Yeah. yeah. Is it make the that... worst thing you could do? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the complete opposite uh, at UK. Just just things like yeah. that. Uh, so, I mean, it just needs to be more, like, it just needs to be support. That's all. It, and I've said this for the longest time, too, and I don't, I don't care that anyone hears this because I've told many people, I don't like our fan base. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, the culture is odd to me because yeah. think about it, it's a winning program. It's yeah. got a lot of tradition, even historically. We, we have a party fan base. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like people, they, it, that's what that's exactly what it is, and yeah. people can listen to this episode and, and, and get Co- upset with Coach P. Coach P has said this publicly, so yeah. I mean, if people get upset, it well, is what it people is. people got upset at Charlie Strong yeah. when Charlie Strong was here because Charlie Strong said uh, people were more worried about staying. Uh, 10 minutes longer at their tailgate and leaving 10 minutes early to go back out there than they are about staying at the game. Yeah. And and then he said, I wish you all would be more... This is the part... I knew where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. I felt like he could have said it a little differently, but he was like, I wish you all could be more like Kentucky football fans. Mm. It's just more support. Like, and I was you like, can see it. I know guys... I know all of the Chicago guys who've played at Kentucky, like I said. Yeah. Charles Matthews, Tyler Eulis, Anthony Davis. There's just more support. That's all. And, it's and, and that's the thing. And people are like, "Well, no, man. Like, if you want to be on a national level with compared to some of these fan bases, North Carolina, Kentucky, mm-hmm. Duke, you want to be compared to those teams. You never hear that. You no. you, you, would, ne- you would never hear the oh on ESPN. You no. never. You would never hear it. Or even like, they wouldn't just do that with free throws. They did that when VJ would take a shot and miss. Wow. Yeah. And it was frustrating for me because, like, I would get like, I, I sit next to the same people at all the, at all my games that I go to because I have season tickets. Sorry for that subtle flex, but uh, I just I, I sit next to the same people. But I I would always get so mad when people yeah. would just badmouth him. I'm like, this dude has played under three different coaches in three different yeah. seasons, and it's like, and it's like, I mean, I can't speak for DP or Paget, but like. Do you guys know who the coach is, right? Like he's gonna, ri- he's ripping us every day. So like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he, he gotta be good, be a good cop, bad cop, almost. Yeah. You know, so. Well, Andy didn't play bad. He just didn't live up to the hype, right? So speculation wise, mm-hmm. what do you think was stopping him? You think it was mental wise with the breaking down, or do you think? Uh, it- I mean, I don't know. I didn't really see, and I'm not really. I wasn't really around when I wasn't yeah. here playing yeah. because a lot more goes on than what people see at yeah. the games. So I can't really speak on that, but just knowing VJ, I just wish that he would have been more aggressive. Okay. That's all. Yeah, it makes sense. Hopefully, like you said, now he'll have an opportunity because if he does have a two-way contract, which is I'm guessing what he potentially got signed to, then he's going to shine in G League. And if he shines, then he'll have that chance because think about it, that New York Knicks team, I mean, I'm a Cavs fan, so (laughs) let's put that into perspective. 
those two teams are going to compete for last place in the East this year. And uh, if either of those teams win 17 games uh, this year, I'd be a little bit surprised. Yeah. So hopefully that gets him a nice contract. <laughs> you mentioned Charles Matthews, too. What's Charles Matthews up to? He's uh, recovering from ACL. Oh. Yeah, he, uh, he was going to get drafted. His stock yeah. went up really high. He had a really good combine. Okay. Um, and he tore his ACL in a Celtics workout. It was See, his last that, workout. That's that's what's really surprising to me because that's, that's like my brother. I went to high school with him. You Dude, said, he is nice. Yeah. He, you said that you, that Charles Matthews told you that he had great support at Kentucky because uh, he transferred. From Kentucky. I mean, from the fan base. Yeah, I was about to say because yeah, I'm just speaking from the yeah. outside. Because I was about to say, I'm like, a Kentucky fan. I would love having that dude's a dog. Well, like, that's that what's just so crazy everything. because all you heard when he was leaving was like, again, it's chatter from whoever and their and their right. mother. But it's like it was like bad mouthing him, and yeah. then he goes to Michigan and just completely torches the Big Ten for three three seasons. But I think Michigan was a better uh, system for him absolutely for, to play in than Kentucky. And that dude's a two-way player. So exactly. So, Kentucky does play defense. I'm not saying they don't play defense. It's not a focus at all. Correct. At so all. It's just completely I think different. they're kind of almost not not to they, – they depend a lot on their athleticism of their big men blocking shots. Like that team that, that, that won a title in 2012, that team was, I'm going to get in you, and if you get past me, that's fine. Anthony Davis is blocking the shot. Yeah, of course. I yeah. think any team in the country, if you have Anthony Davis standing <laughs> under there. Yeah, but like that's why I feel like that he tries to do is he tries to get that one shot blocking big man, and he just tells his guards just go after every steal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's why their team defense suffers. I think. That's oh, what I know. He's that's what I'm to. saying. He has yeah. suffered because he's not getting all those same guys because Duke has stepped up and said, "Yeah, we're going to take one and Duns now." Yeah, right. We're yeah, going to take them now. And now we're going to get the best ones. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Kentucky's kind of suffering because now they're getting guys that are having to stay for a couple of years, and it's like it's kind of messing up the the rotation, yeah, the yearly I, rotation. I yeah. wouldn't say they're suffering though. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're suffering, but they're not doing they're not doing the same thing as far as that. They're not getting yeah. the same players they were. Duke's yeah, getting but, those players. Well, okay. there are lots of other schools that are getting these players. Yeah, lots of other schools. Yeah. Auburn's coming up right now. Yeah, they're, they're coming up LSU, for, a, for a green crash. Oh, no. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Auburn's about to crash down as soon as all this, yeah. soon uh, as this stuff comes one out. One of my guys is on the staff there. Oh, Does then it? I hope they don't. Yeah, just for you. And it's their football right. team's doing pretty nice this year yeah. too. No, it's all right. They got. Yeah. Who, they just lost the other day, didn't they? I think no. so. LSU beat. Oh, Florida. I thought we were talking about Auburn. Oh. Yeah, he said his buddy's on staff in Auburn. My fault. Auburn is decent too, but yeah, LSU's really nice. Yeah. So, like you said, this game was brought up by like by Rummage and Maven. They said you were the biggest what if in in Louisville history. So early in this game, I mean, you ha- you have to kind of think like, man, Q's kind of struggling. Like, I'm probably gonna get to play a little bit. Yeah. And the game ends, and I think you you played what 15 minutes in the game, and he was 0 for 11 and 0 for 9 from the three point line. Really. From three? I knew he was like one for He whatever. was 0 for 9 from the he three. Took point line. Nine threes, he took nine threes. Right, that's what I'm saying. He took nine well, threes. Well, I feel like some of them were. It's, I feel like and it's kind of. Yeah, okay. in, no, end of the game when you know you got to shoot threes to get into oh, it. Okay, so okay. maybe some of them were like that, but yeah, he was 0 for 9 from the three and 0 for 11 from the field. Oh, yeah. So yeah. going back and seeing that, you actually mentioned to us before we started that you just watched, rewatched the game the other day. Yeah, I did. Is looking at it now and even thinking back then, do you feel like. I should have been playing a lot more in that game. I mean, uh, you always feel that as yeah, a player. Yeah, you always feel that as a player. But I mean, I felt like that overall, just in general. 
I mean, like we had got like we had guys on our team that would be coming coming out the game, starters who would come out the game and come sit next to me and be like, "Why didn't you come get me? Why did so and so come get me instead of you?" Yeah. We've had times where um, we're on the road and like some of the senior captains or some of the older guys are calling me in the room like, "Yo, like I don't know what's going on right now, but like just stick with it." You know what I mean? Because if you came to practice every day, you would, and you saw practice, you would wonder why I wasn't playing. You'd be did scratching you, your did head. Did you ever get an answer for for the reasoning? I mean, you kind of gotta pick your spots or how you want to play that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to step on any toes, or I'm not trying yeah. to like disrupt our culture or, or anything. Like, I just want to win. Like, I felt like there was minutes for me. Not, I'm not saying I should have been playing, like, 30 minutes a game or yeah. anything like that. But, I mean, uh, what, 18 to 22, 23, I feel like is that's – a, that's a lot of 22 minutes. 22 to 26. The, I mean, it's half the game. I wouldn't even say that much, but possibly. Yeah, half a game. Depending on what's going on. Yeah. yeah it, it depends on how deep your team is. I right. mean, you all had some depth. That team was still. not really that deep. That's what I said. Let's be honest. Some because depth. a lot of the depth was young. And because what Dane was a sophomore, but really hadn't really come into his own. But they played what nine, yeah. ten. What do you mean? Players. That, How many players were in the rotation? We played ten. Yeah, but I feel like most of them were because you had the three. You had you had the three bigs. What Honest Mango and Jalen Johnson. Right. And Ray. Yeah. So there's four. That's four of the ten. So right there. so two bigs are starting. Two bigs are coming off the yeah. bench. Yeah. I know. So I'm saying so that's yeah. already four players in that ten man rotation. Da. VJ backing him up, or VJ backing Donovan up. Yeah. Then you got Ryan, and then you got D left, and then you got me and Q. And I I loved uh, David Levitch because I always called him White Crime, like the little Dicky song. Because that's what White he was... Crime. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever you ever heard that song? My no, little Dickie? I never heard it. Look it up because if you list it, like it would be exactly what you would think that David Levitch would do. Yeah, it's it's it talks about like dumb stuff that what like sneaking candy into the movies. And it's like, oh, uh, white crime. You know, like stuff like that. Like, uh, that's what I always called him. And I thought, I was like, that's pretty good. David Levitch is one of the funniest people that you would not expect. He's the biggest Bro, horse can- handicapper too, man. They used to have him Bro. on the radio. Yeah, they used to have him on the radio after he graduated. He is, horses. He's one of the funniest dudes ever. He's funny looking. Okay. He's, coaching, he's coaching what, North yeah, Oldham now? Yeah, I think yeah. that's where he went, right? Is it? Uh, he's from Oldham County. I can't remember if that was where he went. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I know his brother went to Trinity, but he's but he, from, he he's from Oldham County. Yeah, yeah. He's got a nice game. I like his game. Yeah, for sure. He knows how to play. Yeah. Oh man. Very IQ. Very. Very, very high IQ. Yeah. For sure. But I mean, I don't think he or McMahon should have been in front of you. I mean, it is what it is. Like, like I said, we can't take back time. But yeah. if you if you were in practice every day and watching, you kind of would question what was going on. So I. The other players that I've had on, they all or that I've talked to, had talked about how at the end of the season there was always a end of the season meet, mm-hmm. meeting. So did you have that when you after your season was over with? Mm-hmm. And how, like, how did that go? Like, what was the what was kind of the what kind of went into that? Because I know there was one that I that I talked to that that was one of the reasons why this person does not like Coach Patino. Is that an individual meeting or a team? Yeah, meeting? it's just you and Coach P. Individual. Yeah, it's kind of like a. An exit interview, almost. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Heart to heart. I guess if you, you want know. to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> so how, explain. So that we kind of explained. It's like an exit interview. Mm-hmm. Explain how yours went. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, 
it was all right, you know. It wasn't – okay, so going into it, I wasn't really, like, trying to hear anything, you know. Yeah, it, it was what it was. Uh, like, I, I didn't – I'm in a different space now than I was then. Like, I wasn't trying to hear anything that he had to say, to be honest, because it was nothing that he could tell me to justify what happened Yeah, for me. So um, he offered me a job to coach, to be a GA, because he, he kind of – no, that wasn't. This wasn't in the exit meeting, but he kind of offered me a job because he kind of was telling me that I wasn't good enough to play professionally. Oh man, so, so that's that's fire right there. I'm yeah. not going to mention the other person's name that told me this. I can, I'll tell you. I've told you the story before, mm-hmm. but because I want them to tell that story one day because they told me this. So the the other per, another person that I've spoken with said that they he did his exit interview, and that. He told Coach Patino that he wanted to play professionally. Mm-hmm. Not that he wanted to play in the NBA, but that he wanted to play professionally. Mm-hmm. And Coach Patino laughed in his face and then walked into the locker room and was laughing and told all the players that he just told him that he wanted to play professionally. Oh, wow. Yeah, so to me, though, oh, wow. I, this is not the I would have reacted a completely different way if he'd done that. Oh, yeah. To so, me, though, that's like as a player – I know I I play better when I was angry. Not everybody plays that way, and I'm low level terrible, right? But in that, <laughs> case, in that case, if I hear something like that, like that's the best motivation I could ever hear in my life. So For even sure. though he wasn't trying to do that intentionally, like that might have been the or best he thing. was. You think so? Yeah. You think he's that deep? Yeah. I could see it. He's a psych major. Yeah. So like he, I mean. We've had, like I said, multiple meetings. There's been multiple meetings. And uh, uh, basically, like, that exit meeting was that. And it, I was like, no, like, I want to play. And he's like, are you sure? Like, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, you're a fighter. So I see that. And that was basically so it, you, you know. Okay, he you t- he told and- me about the Michigan game, though, also. That he, he wished he would have kept me in. He told me that. He told you that he wished he would have played you more in that game? Yeah. But he I, had. I he said like, he had to put Q back in. Huh? He had to put Q back in. Well, that doesn't make. Why would he have to put Q back in? I don't know. We'll leave that up for speculation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Like That's, it's over with now. I'm not I mad know, at I, anyone. I know it's, but I mean that. I'm not in a real good space with Rick Pitino, and I don't even know the dude. Because mm-hmm. I, a lot I'm of people, not, a lot of people are like that. I've, no, I've actually, come to realize a lot of people love him still, and I can't stand that they do. Because I've talked to guys like you and the other person that I was just talking about that I'm not going to mention their name. They told me that story, and other players that have been done wrongly by him, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, like who are you to say some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, the stuff that has come out about you and, like, how are you to do this? Mm-hmm. And that's what's frustrating because I meet – all of the guys that I have met that have told me this, this is including you, have all been really good people. Mm-hmm. Have been really nice people. And it's like, what? Like, why? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I wish I had the answer also. But, yeah. you know, I will say this. He is the greatest coach that I've played for. He's the greatest motivator that I've ever seen in my life. Like, he knows how to talk to everyone on the team personally, and he treats the first person on the team the same way as he treats the last person on the team. Yeah. And that's the honest to God That's truth. one thing that, I, even though I'm not a real big Patino fan as a person, that's one thing that I would never argue against, yeah. is that that guy can get the most out of any player, and he's a fantastic X's and O's coach. Mm-hmm, for it's, sure. 100%. Like his, his game plans – 
like you knew every season how the season was going to go unless some like catastrophic injury happened. Mm-hmm. You knew that the season was going to start out. We were going to play against someone like Bellerman. We were going to look absolutely terrible. <laughs> and then we were going to look decent against the next team, and we're just going to gradually get better. And then by March, we're going to look really, really good. Yeah. And that was the way it was going to go. And you kind of got used to that. And then, like, okay, here comes Kyle Perry to Kentucky, and it's like, okay, now they're getting every player. This is getting kind of frustrating because now we're losing to Kentucky every year. Yeah, but you're not, like, one and done's. I don't think, really want to come play for Coach P. Yeah. Oh, I, it's a, I think the – just two players that we mentioned, Blackshear and VJ King. Both yeah. those guys were supposed to be one and done players. Yeah, but they and, like, and they both stayed four years. Yeah, you one and those guys, they don't want to go play for a coach like that. They want to play for a coach like Cal, who's gonna let them rock out. Yeah, yeah. well, they're not gonna look successful in a Coach Patino system, and he doesn't you know, really like to play freshmen anyway. No, so. So, some of those players, and this this is gonna sound bad, but it's not bad. Have been coddled and you're the man and you're the man of the city Mm. and then you come somewhere like that and you are the man but you've got a big learning curve ahead of you Mm -hmm. so there's levels to these games and for sure and and like when like you said those players are kind of thinking past college they're thinking nba yeah you're not playing at louisville like under coach p you don't you don't necessarily need to learn all of these defensive schemes that we're gonna be playing that we're gonna be learning at Louisville for the NBA. No. So it, some of those players might feel like it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah. yeah, that was one thing that I did always feel was kind of unfair to a lot of the players that came here because you would see guys that I mean just thinking back in his time while he was here, you know, all the way back to like Reese Gaines and like Terrence Williams and all those guys and Earl Clark. He never really got them ready for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Because when they got to the NBA, they were totally different players. Yeah. Because of what you were saying, the defensive schemes yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's and I mean, he definitely improved them for what they did in college, but like, I never felt like he ever got anyone ready. Every time they got to the NBA, they were always a different player. Mm-hmm. Like, probably implemented a work ethic. That's probably the best thing he did for them. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, to be, the, I, I feel like to be a successful athlete at the Division One level, you have to have that already anyway. Nah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. You'd be surprised in the NBA. Like, I know guys in the NBA, like, so I've had conversations with them. You know what I mean? You'd be surprised. That's all I'm going to I'm not going to call nobody oh, out yeah, or anything. Like but guys you, that are just like, yeah, you'd be surprised. Just living yeah. off their athletic ability. And, yeah, for sure. If you grow up playing the game you love and then you get paid to do it, there's some people who are going to go and, and take it to the next level, and there's some people who are going to be content with that. Yeah, of and, course. And keep that mindset out of it. If you're good enough to play in the NBA, I mean, you're automatically pretty good. Mm-hmm. So if you don't got to work at it, it is what it is. Yeah. So a couple more questions. I know you got to get out of here. So how did it feel coming from Penn to come to Louisville and make the All ACC academic team? Was that any? I didn't even know. Like they like told me this one day, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. I just good. did my homework. Yeah, like, oh, I just did what I was supposed to do. I didn't know <laughs> I was gonna get awarded for it. Cool. Yeah. So were the classes? <laughs> this is probably another dumb question, but were the classes a lot easier here than they were at Penn? Yeah, for sure. But I was in grad school, so I took all online courses. Um, and grad, I think the grad school overall is easier than undergrad, depending on what you're taking. Yeah. But um, yeah, like we had cla- like I had three classes. They all met once a week. <laughs> all, <laughs> yeah, online. That's easy. So. Oh, they met online yeah, once a week. Yeah. So other than that, I was just in study hall and stuff, just doing my work, getting my work done. I feel like tests would be hard for me though at that point. We didn't have tests though. It was just like. 
projects or like you know like powerpoints we'd have to do in front of the class because it was online i yeah. never stepped foot into a classroom at U now what program was that i think i'm gonna sign up uh human resource and organization development i like it you gotta be a you gotta graduate first it's yeah like, you gotta graduate first cause no, i graduate middle school <laughs> I promise. All right, so I'm going to ask you a couple off-the-wall questions because this is some of the questions he's thrown to people, too. Mm-hmm. It's not on here, so don't, okay. look, don't look for help on there. All right. Don't look for what's your, what's your favorite album so far this you. year? This year? This year. Like 2019. 2019. Favorite album so far? J. Cole. Which one? No, he did. He hasn't had his solo album this year. Right. He had the... He had... You uh, mean Return of the... Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Dreamers, Dreamers 3. Hmm? What's the single he had? That was, Child, middle, the, middle that, Child. that was on Revenge of the Dreamers 3, though. Yeah. Okay. He just he brought it out for That's that. a compilation. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to offend compilation you. I was just saying Middle yeah. Child was my first If you're going to come to the throne, you better come right. you got to come ready, right? Yeah. Or come correct. Come correct. Uh, yeah. I'm probably going to say YB and Corday. Uh, he's kind of a new kid, like 21, 22. It's called The Lost Boy. Out okay. now. Have to check that he's out. He's like, yo, I'm telling you right now, if you haven't heard him and you like J. Cole Kendrick, yeah. he's he's the new age that is he better than he's that is he better than jid they're different like they're different styles like jid raps fast and stuff like yeah but he sounds exactly like kendrick his voice does no i don't mean like the i don't mean oh, like okay the, so you were uh, just saying the type of yeah yeah okay. i don't mean like the actual sound i'm talking about like the wordplay like okay. what he's talking about like you could tell he's got good ogs like he's way older than 21 but he's okay. 21 you know what i mean so being in this area what did, did you listen to confetti the Jack Harlow album? No, I mean, nah. You don't have to, you don't nah, have to. I listen to a few of his songs though. Yeah. Uh, a few of his freestyles. Just because I mean, I'm, ask. Just cause I'm here in the area, you know what I'm saying? I gotta see what's what with it. But I haven't really got too much into it. And here's the thing: there's you can respect how good someone is and not like their music. Yeah, for sure. Like there's definitely rappers in the game that I'm like, he's like good. I, but I, I seen don't like I seen a little Dicky freestyle on Shade 45, and mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. Yeah, he's really, really yeah, good. It was unbelievable. Like he was freestyling, and he was like incorporating people that were <laughs> yeah. in the room. Like he's pulling out flowers. He's like, "Hey, here you go." In the freestyle while he's talking, and it's on camera. If you've never watched that, you yeah. should watch it. He, he's, yeah, but yeah, but, but like I don't like his music. Like that's I'm not like I'm not really listening though. to his music. Yeah, I mean I, I like to see him play ball. <laughs> Little Dick. Yeah, um, hey, I, I hear he's decent. And he's not bad. Apparently. I don't know. But you need to listen to White Crime when you leave here. White Crime? Just just so you can uh, see where I'm... Because uh-huh. when you hear it, and you're going to be like, I can see where he could say that about, about him. Because it just seems like the type of person that, from the outside perspective of, like, that's what I'm looking at. All right. Because it's just, like, a bunch of random stuff. Uh-huh. For sure. I believe you. <laughs> so, that's your... What's your favorite album of all time? All time? That's too hard. I'm really a music connoisseur. Like I like a lot of music too. I like a lot. Like you'd be surprised to have much music I actually know. That's too hard. I can give you like a a five, like a top five. What's it? Let's, not not in they don't any have to order. Be in any order. Let's hear it. All I, right. That's that's always the thing. You're like, oh, it's not in any order. Black album, Blueprint Three. Ha <laughs> ha! Thank you. Uh, what's the what's the um, what's the name of the Kendrick album? Which one? Damn. Yeah, uh, that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so you like that one better than Good Kid. And even, like, you like that better than Section 80. See, that's so tough because people are going to hate me for saying this, but my least favorite album of his is The Pimple Butterfly. That's my least yeah, favorite album. Yeah, I think his. that's most people's least favorite album But of his. 
he because I even liked Untitled better than I did to Pimp Butterfly. Uh, yeah, Untitled's got some hits on it. Yes, it does. So those three, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna stick with them. Okay. That did have some. That's that was know, a really. This good is album. like too hard. Are we gonna say <laughs> like do mixtapes count? Yeah. Or do like you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I mean you may laugh at me, but I love No Ceilings. Wayne's No Ceilings. I love. Yeah. It. I'm not gonna say that though. But I'm saying like I, I'm saying yeah, yes, yeah, mixtapes yeah. would count. Okay. Um, Carter Four was better than No Ceilings. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Carter Four. That's why I listened to it in high school. It might have. It, yeah. Carter Four was you not go, better than No Ceilings. You go ceilings, back and dude. listen to. There's a couple of songs that you're like, oh, I didn't even. Carter Four was like, good. I'm not because Carter Four is the one that had that. Uh, Mega Man on yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but was, like, it was but, all and right, six foot, but, seven foot. But like albums for like for people who are like time. Like it depends on the time. Yeah, I mean, my it. favorite album ever. It brings is, back a certain nostalgia for you. Take care or uh, Thug Motivation. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta add that. Take care. Take care. Like I don't care what anybody says. You can hate Drake or whatever. But that album and everyone or people that know why now because yeah. Yeah. who wrote most of that album. Yeah. I can't. I can't. All right. I gotta take. I gotta take. Um, I gotta take. I gotta take damn off, and I gotta put uh, Friday Night Lights on there by J Cole. Oh yes, great ad, great ad there. That's so. That's three. Uh, I well, no, got, that's five. I, no, no, no. I'm taking damn off. Oh, okay. And then what was the other one you that had, I said? You had blue Not the Jay Z ones. Okay. So you were just so the those. so the two Jay Z ones. Okay. Um. Take care. Friday Night Lights. And you said take care as well. Take care. <laughs> and then I got, I just got to add some future in there just because, like, he's so legendary for me and my, like, generation. Okay. But I don't know, I don't know which one I want to choose. I don't know. Like, future is so hit, like. I don't know which one I'll, I want to choose. I listen to some of his stuff, but it's like, eh. But like you said, it's eh. a generational I thing. I feel like all of his stuff is unbelievable. For See, me, like for, for me, for my generation, I would say that would be Jeezy, right? Yeah, and yeah, where yeah. some people outside of our generation be like, Nah, Jeezy's like that. Oh, I, I love Jeezy. I still, yeah. Jock was there for a little bit, he was there for like one album. Let me look at my phone real quick. So I said a little yeah. bit, I said a little bit, yeah, it was like one album. No, Jock but, had Jock had two, he had albums like two that... albums. It was like Soldier Boy, dude. It was here, <laughs> no, no, no. The second album was the death of him when he did the I'm a AB. Yeah, whatever was, G. That yeah, was, yeah, that yeah. was not so good. <laughs> the alphabet one, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. The, the uh, coffee shop. This is there's so much stuff. This man, is too hard, there. man. You know what I'm gonna do? What's that? Watch I'm gonna, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and put. <laughs> I'm not gonna put Future on there. Okay. I'm gonna throw Nipsey on there, with um, not his album. Um. Wow, and I'm blanking on it. How am I gonna say Nipsey? And I'm blanking. Slauson Boy too. It's a mixtape. I tell you who, who to me had way better mixtapes than he did albums. Fab, of course. Fab's all of the Soul Tapes. Soul Tape, yeah. Soul Tape Two was um, all of them. I love all of his, them. His his mixtapes were phenomenal. Of and, course. Because I was like, man, like this is not the dude you hear on the radio or yeah. on his albums. This dude, like, because I guess you're under so many like stipulations with labels and stuff it's like this yeah, is what yeah. you have to do you have to have this like it's kind of like what cole talked about in let nas down when he he said jay-z's like yeah. no you got to have that one hit for the radio and right like, i didn't even want to make that song right yeah so, like i feel like that's 
this is like, all right, not or Fab's like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and let out all this stuff that I've been holding back in these albums. Yeah, for sure. That's, nice that's how the music too. work. I'm telling you, Fab has one of the nicest. Yeah, he does. He does get caught with some fakes on occasion, but <laughs> really, yeah. You gonna expose him like that? No, no, no. I didn't expose. It's him. already out there. Multiple people exposed him, but oh, how are you I that mean, famous and get and get fakes? No, because that's what it is. Somebody comes to with you. Hey, I got this promo sample. It's 10 G's. Yeah, I'll take it, 10 Gs, and then they take it, he doesn't know the backstory of it. Him and Jim Jones, Jim Jones got caught a couple times too. Uh, uh, that's that's the life, I mean. That ain't yeah. that ain't balling. But y'all, like, y'all don't understand how hard it was for me to just do that because, like, we'll I listen to so much music. Yeah. That too, but, like, I listen to <laughs> so much music, it was just hard for me to, like, even give you five. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like it was really hard to give you one album from this year. Yeah. Cause you and what was the name of the album again? Lo, the Lost Boy. Go check it out. I I'm promise gonna, I'm you're not to gonna be disappointed. I'm gonna check it out. You're gonna wanna like go look at his interviews and stuff. And what's his, name? his music? YBN Corday. All right, I'm gonna check him out. I'm telling you, it's we worth need it. Him to sponsor the podcast. Get him on. <laughs> Did you know any rappers in Chicago? Chief Keef. Did you know him? Nah. <laughs> He's nah. from Chicago. I know, but yeah. I, I mean, I know people that know like. These guys, but I don't know any of the rappers personally. They say it's crazy up there, dude. Who's up? Oh man, the one that's just now kind of gotten big in the past couple of years from Chicago. What's he like? Uh, What's man. his music like? I mean, it's obviously a hip hop artist, but Juice he talks about a lot of stuff. G Herbo. No. Juice World. No, he's not. He's not really a mainstream guy. Lil Dirt. No, I can't think of who it is. He's a light skinned guy just now started growing dreads a little bit. Um. They're kind of early on dreads. Life's He's dead. the one that got on the, uh, what's the the show with academics? And he was about to smack academics on there with the episode that Are Joe Are you talking about Vic Mensa? Vic Mensa. Oh, yeah, but he kind of like fell off the face of he the earth. He fell off after that? Him and, him and, yeah, but him and Chance are like, him and Chance, I know a lot of people that like, the high school that I went to, a lot of my friends from high school are really cool with like Chance and Vic Mensa's crew. and uh, But Chance and Vic Mensa got into it. Kinda, and then like obviously like if you get off chance, like, chance you know what I mean. King like, of Chicago, right yeah. Now. So like he kind of just fell off. I feel know? like speaking of King of Chicago, I feel like Chicago's kind of like shun Kanye. They kind of like don't really represent him he anymore. He chose yeah. that life. I feel like just Black America in general has kind of done that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not saying that I disagree with it because yeah, I mean, I definitely see why they would. Yeah. And if he make better shoes, maybe some people would just make better clothes like and shoes. Too. No. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, I'm saying they're, they're played out. You can't have the same shoe come out 27 times with different colors. No, Michael Jordan he's, does it. That's what I'm saying. He's, <laughs> he's not a Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So no, not not anything in the sense of those shoes are not as iconic as Jordan's. Actually, I can't he's arrogant that. like that though. Yeah, yeah, like Jordan. They are as yeah. iconic as Jordan's. <laughs> yeah. The silhouette of the shoe is not as memorable to me as a retro 12 or a retro three or there's no backstory to it like it's all you know it is what it is but uh, i'd like to see i've seen his basketball shoes that he's supposedly bringing out and not in love with them either so (laughs) we'll see what happens well tony unless you got something else have you wait have you figured out where you're going yet still no i haven't figured out where i'm going yet like you know i just i'm recovering from an injury or whatever yeah so Hopefully I'll be gone. Within any a hopes month or so. on where you where you're gonna go? No, nah, you really don't have any idea because I'm gonna be um, like a, a injury replacement, or if a team isn't happy with a guy, they send them home. So it'll be one of those situations for me. Also, oh, the season's already started in the yeah. It's, most places are like two to three games in right now. Okay. Yeah. So what shoes are you gonna play in? 
Any clue? I don't know. It depends on where I go. Yeah. Color wise, but you know, right now I'm rocking like PGs and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember so. PG three was the last I saw. I have those NASAs. Yeah. Um, all silver pair. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm on a Kobe eight kick. Kobe's. Yeah. It's hard to get Kobe's though. Like you gotta like know people. Because Kobe's, like, just don't come out like that. So to get, like, retro Kobe's and stuff that's yeah. like that were, like, old and different colorways, you got to know somebody. Well, apparently he knows that person. So if you need Kobe's, uh, apparently hit up this guy. Oh, for real? No, no, no. I just collect everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll definitely be keeping up with you, man. You got to frame this jersey, though. Oh, I'm definitely oh, going yeah. to. I forgot, yeah, don't yeah, I forgot forget. about that. Yeah, so those of you all that can't see it, we'll take a picture and post it with the episode. Tony gave me his uh, – his sleep. I don't even want to know what you call this. It, the Climate jersey cool. with the whiteouts. Yeah. The white. Yeah. The whiteout jersey with the sleeves. Did you yeah. sign it? No, I'm no, gonna get him to sign it. I'm gonna get him to for sure. Yeah, um, sign it is gonna make it. He's not gonna. What do you think he's gonna wear? It? I could barely fit in this thing. Yeah, he can't fit in that. <laughs> I'll work. Yeah, I'll work out in it for sure. <laughs> Good luck. But that's the thing. What side do I get signed though? That the back side. The back side. Yeah, that's yeah, how we that gotta works. Get the, we gotta get the name out there for Correct. sure. So, Tony, thanks again for coming on. No problem. You, you better get out of here before I put you in the doghouse again. Yeah, I think I got it's a, text, happened, a couple texts already. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so, uh, we appreciate it, man. You're always welcome, dude. Even if you want to call, you know, get a we'll do an interview over the phone again like we did last time. Okay, Or the first sure. time. So, maybe check in, see how the season's going. Yeah, oh. stay in touch and be our overseas uh, shoe plug whenever you go. Yeah. Uh, I got you. I'll bring back all the foreign shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Dior, Giuseppe. We need the Euro releases. Margellas, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, you can save those for somebody else, but I'll just take the Nike They don't Euro even make his size over there, dude. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They got Vikings in some places. So you shoes yeah. just right there. Yeah. <laughs> Vikings in some places. <laughs> but, man, like, again, we appreciate you coming on, dude, and you're welcome anytime, especially if you're going to pass up my buddy in, in uh, appearances. Because sure. he's, he's not going to be happy about Who's it. Who's his buddy? It's my buddy, Daniel. Okay. He's, he's a Purdue fan. Uh, okay. Yeah. Carson Edwards had a really good game last night. Uh, okay. Did you see who he was playing? Calves. Right? Calves. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. He was shooting it from Akron. Did he have eight threes in the third quarter? Shooting yes, it from Akron. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, against the Cavs, you can do that. So, yeah. Cavs are in midseason form as well, always. Why are you a Cavs fan? I uh, grew up watching Mark Price, Brad Darty. Uh, yeah. Get killed by Jordan every yeah. year. Yeah, Craig Elo. <laughs> No, no, no. I grew up an Iverson fan, so I'm a Sixers fan. But uh, Cavs, it was solidified when LeBron went there. And then you got a choice whenever LeBron leaves, right? So you either yeah. jump off the bandwagon or you double down. And so I triple down instead of doubling. Triple yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> tri- oh, no, he's not lying. He got a tattoo. So he tripled down. <laughs> what? Yeah, yes. so he definitely tripled down. He got a Cavs tattoo. I had the tattoo before that, but it's what it is. Fair okay. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So... Tony, you better get out of here before we get you in trouble. But All we right. appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Really Absol- appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We'll, we'll have to hang out before you go. All right. All right, no man. Doubt. Later. All right. Take care.